Gentlemen, welcome to Cartridge. The first rule of Cartridge Club is you do not talk about Cartridge Club. The second rule of Cartridge Club is you do not talk about Cartridge Club. Okay, thanks for tuning in to episode 7 of the Cartridge Club. I am P1, the good-looking half of the Cartridge Brothers, and I'm joined by P2, my hideously unattractive brother. As well, we have three guests with us today to talk about this month's game. So I'm going to jump right into introducing those guests. First off, from the fantastic Dreamcast Center channel, Dreamcastic, we have PC Wizard 13 Thanks for joining us, PC. Glad to be here. Well, my name is PC, as you said, and uh, my channel is Dreamcastic Channel. And as you might expect from the name, my channel is all about the Nintendo Virtual Boy. (laughs) No, not really. (laughs) It's about the Dreamcast and uh, other retro gaming consoles as well. I'm an all-around gamer. I uh, like to collect games, play games, and do all that stuff. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. (laughs) That sums it up. Excellent. We are very happy to have you back. It's been a long time since A Link to the Past, and... uh, can't wait to hear what you have to say about this month's game. Also joining us for episode 7, we have the bashful Brit, <laughs> Mark the Wolf 666 from the fantastic channel TFU. How you doing, Mark? Oh, hi kids. How you doing? <laughs> so, what's, Mark, what's uh, shaking? <laughs> no, you know, not much. The uh, Canadian spring, so there's 8 feet of snow outside. <laughs> nice. Good luck yeah. with that. <laughs> Why Moving don't you on. Uh, <laughs> Why don't you tell our listeners about your channel and uh, how you got into gaming? Uh, I don't really know much about TFU. I kind of just come over every Saturday and Retro J makes me do stuff by gunpoint. <laughs> but um, when we do do stuff, we uh, do news and reviews for you for all uh, retro gaming needs and uh, play a few stuff. And uh, pretty much just take the piss out of each other and everyone around us. But uh, it's good fun. Uh, Make some good friends along the way, including you guys. Yes, it's, uh, we are happy to count you and Jay uh, among our friends that we've met uh, on YouTube. And it's your channel's great to watch because there's such a high energy level. And you can tell that you guys really love what you're doing and that you really have a good friendship. Or he does actually have a gun to your head. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm trying to act cool about the, uh, the friendship thing and the gunshot thing. But we are yeah. friends, yeah. We, we How long have us. you guys known each other? Only about three years. Well, that's three years is a long time. It's good. It's a long so time. So did you guys meet in rehab, or was that a joint effort afterwards? We met. <laughs> God, we met in rehab. <laughs> Both in there for uh, countless heroin overdoses. Countless. Uh, <laughs> sex with minors. But... <laughs> there, there was a Sandra Bullock movie based on you two, wasn't there? 28 Days Later oh, or 28 my. Weeks or... <laughs> that's the uh, that's the plot line for uh, Jules's period. Twenty eight <laughs> days later. Fantastic. <laughs> well, Mark, we are very happy to have you here, and uh, we're looking forward to, to chatting with you over the next couple hours. Thank you very much. Last but certainly not least, joining us from the Pinnacle uh, NES Collectors Podcast, available online. Uh, we have Chris from the NARC podcast. Hello, Chris. Hey, how's it going, guys? Going good. good. Yeah. Chris, yeah, how, many, uh, how many games you got in your NES collection, Chris? Uh, 658. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've added a few over the last couple of days. Yeah, I have a I have a compulsion disorder. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. I'm jealous and I hope you die in a couch fire. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, but I will take them with me. Yeah. <laughs> we just lose those games. <laughs> They'll be melting all over my charred body. <laughs> what a what a what a beautiful sight that would be. <laughs> what a way to go, yeah. <laughs> So uh, why don't you tell us, uh, obviously you've been a gamer for a long time, if you have such a masterful collection, why don't you uh, tell us, you know, how you started? What what was your first gaming memory? Uh, my very first was, um, as a kid, uh, I could have been seven or eight years old, something like that, uh, parents took me to Round Table Pizza, and I remember seeing uh, this older older kid playing uh, Ms. Pac-Man, and um, this is kind of one of those things, you know, he just kind of stuck with me. I watched him play, I mean... Some of the memories from it is, you know, people, they would put their little quarters on the screen to get the next game. And I don't know, the dude looked really cool. So I sat there and I watched him and I noticed he had probably like eight quarters. He explained to me what that meant. So I knew I was going to be there for a while. But um, (laughs) he had mercy and let me play. And it it lasted all about maybe three seconds. And then (laughs) and then he went right back to it. Um, My earliest console experience was a friend. Went with a friend to his babysitter's house one day, just messing around, playing or whatever. And the babysitter had an Atari 2600, and I remember playing uh, Pitfall. So those were like my two earliest memories, and I ever since then, I've just kind of been hooked. Right on. P2 had a similar example at his first strip club with an <laughs> older gentleman that had eight quarters and right. uh, a three-second <laughs> oh turn shortly God. after. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> You thought it was a roll of quarters, but it wasn't. It was <laughs> so, Chris, you're on uh, you're on the Narc Podcast, which is the North American Retro Collective, and you're on there with Rip and uh, NES Pain. What, I just want what what got you guys together? What did, what did you guys say? You know what? We want to put our voice out there in the podcast world. Well, I met um, I met Rip first through Twitter. I. I I must have got, a, I think I got a retweet or something from NES Complex, or maybe he responded to something I said. And uh, so Rip started, you know, chatting with me and, you know, complimenting collections back and forth or whatever. And then uh, John, kind of the same thing, met him through Twitter. And I don't know, one day Rip's like, hey, man, you want to do a podcast? And I was like, sure, if you want to do all the work, editing and uh, production value and all that, I'll tag along. <laughs> So <laughs> sounds like how we started. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm calling you Chris too. <laughs> C2. Yeah. C2. Right. No, but um, yeah, you know, the great guys, I mean, they, they both have a uh, very impressive collections and uh, of course, you know, uh, rip or Mr. Mailbag, depending on if you know him from Twitter or, uh, or uh, YouTube, he has a YouTube channel as well. I mean, he's just like four or five away from a complete collection overall. I mean, wow. he's got some major heavy hitters in his arsenal and pretty jealous. But, you know, I don't know. Not that far away, I guess. Yeah, you're almost there. Well, we, we were recently uh, on your show and we had a great time. And it's one of the it's one of the I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but it is one of the few that I do enjoy every month. So if any of our listeners haven't yet heard the NARC podcast, you definitely should check that out. We really liked having you guys. It was a lot of fun. And uh, now uh, John Payne will always be known as uh, Strawberry 64. Strawberry 64. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. (laughs) 
Okay, so I guess I'm going to now turn things over to my brother who has been anxiously awaiting the opportunity to tell us all what we've been playing and give us all of the in-depth knowledge that he pulls directly from the top of his head and not from any outside source. (laughs) Yeah, I came prepared today for sure, for sure. All right, well, as you guys probably all know, we've been playing Metal Gear Solid this month. Really? uh, Yeah, (laughs) well, we have. I don't know about you, PC. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and I mean, we've all been playing it a few different ways. The way... uh, me and P1 have been playing it are on is on the PlayStation, which it originally released on. But there are a few other ways that you can play it. Um, but it originally came out on the PlayStation back in 1998, I believe. Yep, 1998. And uh, it was created by Konami and written by, you know, the famous, at this point now, Hideo Kojima. So it was the first down his uh, long path of insanity. And yeah, so we played through that this month. And I remember me and P1 played it way back in the day when it first came out. The only reason I could really get through it, I remember, was because I watched him get through all the really hard parts, and then I just followed suit on my save file. But uh, I didn't find it quite so hard to get through it this time. But yeah, I'm just curious, did you guys all play this before when it originally came out? And maybe how did you play it this time as well? Let's start out with PC. I've never played the game before. First time playing it. I haven't played any games in the series except for I do have Snake's Revenge on the NES. I've had that since I've had that since I first got my NES. I actually never really put the two together before. I never realized it was part of the Metal Gear Solid series. But uh, yeah, I, I used to play that. I never really got very far in it, but I can see the connection between that and Metal Gear Solid because it's a very stealthy game. But uh, I think I've only gotten maybe two, three levels into it. But, uh, yeah, it's my first time playing the uh, first Metal Gear Solid. Right on. And you played it a little different than most of us. What system did you play it on? I played it on the Dreamcast. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. How uh, how did you go about doing that? (laughs) Well, there's an emulator for the Dreamcast called um, Bleemcast or Bleem. Um, the, the, it came out on the PC and the Dreamcast. It's called just called Bleem uh, on the PC, but on the Dreamcast it's called Bleemcast. And uh, it's a PS1 emulator. It only it came out at retail, which is very unusual for an emulator. But it was hmm. sold on a per game basis, so you'd have to buy a Bleemcast disc for each PS1 game that you wanted to play. And uh, only three were ever released, mainly due to Sony's lawyers. <laughs> Naturally. But there's one for uh, Tekken 3, one for Gran Turismo 2, and one for Metal Gear Solid. And uh, it's surprising how well it works. It works almost flawlessly. There are a few graphical glitches here and there, but it actually makes the games look better, too. Not only do they play perfect, they actually look better than the original PS1 version. And uh, I actually did a comparison on one of my YouTube channels with my other alternate channel. I did a comparison of Metal Gear Solid on the PlayStation 3 with uh, the smoothing turned on versus on the Dreamcast with Bleemcast. And it actually looks better on the Dreamcast, which is very surprising. Wow. Yeah, I checked that video out, and it is pretty uh, pretty compelling how, how much difference there really is. Especially where I had just played through the PS1 version when I checked your video out, and the PS1 version... <laughs> It's a little, uh, it's a little rough around the edges. So it was amazing to me to see that on the Dreamcast. It, uh, it also blows my mind that there's only the three of them. That's kind of interesting. Do you own all three of the, uh, the Bleemcast discs by chance? Yeah, I actually just bought them recently, mainly just to play Metal Gear Solid. Um, I bought all three for fifteen bucks on eBay, which wasn't bad. Uh, normally they sell for about ten bucks a piece, so it's a pretty good deal. 
That is pretty cool. That's kind of neat. And also, you mentioned how this originally was on the NES, and, and there was there was a few games on there. And this game, I think it actually takes place, is it six years? Yeah, six years after the last NES game. So if you are interested in playing them in chronological order, you would need to play the NES ones first. So if you're in the game and you're feeling like you're kind of missing a few things, you wouldn't be alone because there is some things that you're kind of missing out on. But yeah, that's... First. First six seconds when they say they demand the body of Big Boss. Yeah, that that right there. <laughs> <laughs> You're never really gonna know what's happening. <laughs> but yeah, that's something that you know a lot of people don't actually know. So now you'll know. So yeah, all right. How about uh, how about you, Chris? Was this your first time playing it, and uh, how did you play it this time? Uh, no, I, I've I've owned it since it uh, first came out. Uh, I bought into the hype. I I, ha- I never played it on the the Nintendo or the. I never owned an MSX computer. I guess that's where it originated from in Japan. Yeah. Um, but I never, uh, I never played it. But you know, I, during the time when it came out, I mean, there was a lot of hype. You know, a lot of uh, commercials for it and video game ma- magazine reviews on it. So uh, some guy actually owed me some money, and he <laughs> couldn't pay me. I mean, it wasn't like no mafia thing or anything. <laughs> <laughs> it was just something I forgot even what the debt was about, but. So he gave me his mom or grandmother had just bought him a one of the small uh, Super Nintendos, and he still had the box and everything. And I already had one, so he gave that to me, and I took it back to Kmart, and they, they gave me a, which is oh kind of like Walmart or whatever. I don't know if you guys have those. Oh yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah. So I ended up returning it and got I don't know about sixty seventy bucks in credit, and there was Metal Gear Solid, so I bought it that year. And, um, man, just a big fan. I mean, I, I actually used the exact same copy as then. That's what I played it on, a little PS1. And, um, mm. you know, big fan of the game. Right on. That's pretty this interesting, poor, eh? This poor kid's grandmother <laughs> buys him a, a Super Nintendo because she loves her grandson <laughs> and wants to sh- wants to show him her affection, and you shake him down for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, the real sad part was his grandmother bought it for a 27-year-old alcoholic. <laughs> he was an older guy. <laughs> I don't know why she bought She should have just bought him a 12-pack of beer. He would have been happier. <laughs> so, um, And it was probably a beer debt. I don't know. I was younger than that, but, you know, just older guy I used to know. That was pretty funny. Wow. Well, there you go. How about you, Mark? Did you play it when it originally came out, and how did you play it this time? I most certainly did play it when it first came out, and oh man, this game, what can I say? The be- it is the best game ever, in my eyes. It is the best game ever. Um, I mean, about playing it this different this time, I did find that the camera threw me off, because yeah. at the moment I'm playing Grand Zeroes, so the big boss tale. Uh, on oh the Xbox gosh. One, and then I thought, okay, you know, I'll go back to MGS One. I'll learn the lore again. I'll start playing it from the start. And <laughs> I'm moving on the, the stick. I'm playing on be the PS One. I'm trying to move the stick. I'm like, why is the camera not moving? Not doing anything. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not doing anything. It's no, like we messing with my life for. And that was a bit <laughs> weird to get used to. Um, but then you know, like you play it for like half an hour to an hour, and then you you know you're back. You're 12 years old again, playing Metal Gear Solid and choking people out and you just totally get used to it so yeah absolutely loved it back then and absolutely love it now still right on yeah i think we had a similar experience me and p1 uh it was an adjustment getting back into the controls from back when but we remember loving it so much but uh do you remember playing it back when p1 i loved it i loved it 
It was great. Psycho Mantis, to date, is still one of my favorite boss fights ever. And I wish we had never chosen this game because the controls are fucking terrible. (laughs) (laughs) You got a rough go. My entire childhood has been ruined. It's been it's been shattered. And it's Kojima. (laughs) Oh, I'm so upset. It was because such fond memories from playing this when it first came out. It was so cool. You you had to be sneaky, and the stealth felt so advanced. Like in my mind, I was a ninja. And uh, playing it now, it's like, oh man, it's it's like Special Olympics Spy Hunter. It's, oh I did anyway. Yeah, I, I remember playing it. Yeah, you. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> there, there Were you there? there? <laughs> oh yeah, I remember it well. It I had a a rough go of it this time too, but I mean, I got used to the controls. They were frustrating though. But the thing that got me the most was the. Uh, the storyline was a big one. It just seemed, you know, a little convoluted, a little strange. So maybe we should get into the story because that's kind of the next big thing. Um, what did you guys think of the story? And uh, and did you follow it well this time playing it? Or maybe uh, in comparison to when you were younger when you were playing it? Because I definitely understood a lot more this time than when I was younger. But uh, what are your guys' overall thoughts on the story? How about, uh, how about you, Chris? Well, I, I think they definitely put a lot of time in the trying to confuse the hell out of you with all these <laughs> side characters and everything. But, no. I mean, I don't know. I remember being into it. I think I had a lot more patience for it than the five-minute cut scenes. Now I was just like, oh, come on. Let's just get to it. Yeah. I don't want to skip it because, I don't know, I, it's part of that OCD thing. I want to know exactly everything I'm involved in. But, man, like, that's the one part of it I felt like was kind of a drag this time going back through it. But um, I thought, you know, I mean – Who's whose sister, the father, the brother? I don't know. I mean, yeah. it seemed it's like a whole lot of, uh, like, I think their family tree didn't have many branches. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It does get a little convoluted. And, and I found the same way. Like, when I was younger, getting to a cutscene was so rewarding. But when I was playing through it this time, it felt like, oh, there's another cutscene already. Um, I guess I'm going to have to sit here for another five or ten minutes. But when I was younger, I, I, could, I didn't want them to end. But uh, this time I accidentally made a mistake of skipping it. And you really can't skip it because in that one was the one where um, the president uh, of Arms Tech, I forget his name. Baker. Baker, thank you. President Baker is, uh, he tells you you have to contact Merrill and it's on the back of the game case or whatever. And I skipped that and that whole thing. And I was like, wow, what do I do now? So I ran around for a while. And yeah, and then I realized, oh, I should have not accidentally skipped that cutscene. So you really can't. <laughs> There are some instances now that I've noticed where getting like the cutscene as a child is a reward, and now it's like you watch the cutscene and the reward is the gameplay. Although in this, sometimes they reward cutscenes with more cutscenes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they go from a cutscene to one of those little uh, so codec chats. Yeah, codec. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's I do because the story is good. I, I I enjoy it. It's very twisty and turny. It's like definitely like a b b action movie sort of storyline yeah. and that's I, I that's entertaining for me that that's not a turn off but yeah. i don't know it's either the, there needs to be more gameplay in between i think or there needs to be sh- i don't know there needs to be more gameplay because even it just felt sort of empty like two guards in a room and then 10 minutes of talking to my boss yeah there was a, a definite lopsided to the balance i think i mean i loved it don't get me wrong i still love the game 
but it was definitely different than what I remember when I was younger. But uh, how about you, Mark? What do you think of the story of, uh, of Metal Gear Solid? God, you know, when I think about Metal Gear Solid story for PlayStation 1, I feel like it's nothing compared to Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, so I'm actually at peace with it, <laughs> oh. to how less confusing it is. But I did find <laughs> that playing it now, like, as an adult, I don't like calling myself an adult, <laughs> but as an older kid, <laughs> um, it was a lot more, into, like, like, say, like, the DARPA chief, for instance, like, if you skip over some of the cutscenes, you don't know that Decoy Octopus is the DARPA chief, right, or he yeah. has that fucking heart attack, and you'd be like, and then you see the DARPA chief again when the snake gets captured, and you're like, right. I mean, as a kid, I'm, I'm pretty sure I must be like, why is there fucking two DARPA chiefs going on? That's true. I yeah, definitely so, get it then. Yeah, it's very confusing. Like the way they set Snake up as well, and like the Pentagon, like sending him in there as a lie and stuff. And stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, like you said just a minute ago, it's very confusing as a child. Um, I don't know how I must have understood it. I don't think I did. But, um, yeah, same at that time, you're just thinking, oh, it must just be because I'm, you know, I'm a dumb kid. I don't get it. So it's over my head. So it's cool. But now it's just like, oh, no, they just made it really confusing. <laughs> this, is, this was like, on purpose. <laughs> I think like when we were kids, like the cuts, and like you were saying about the cutscenes, you want to see them because it's like, it was like an action movie. Right, and yeah. Right. Like back in the day, we didn't have like internet, did we? And like mobile phones, YouTube, we could see action stuff whenever we wanted. We had to right. go to the cinema or like stay up past our bedtime for an action movie because we were too young. <laughs> so you see this Metal Gear Solid like movie pretty much with these cutscenes and as a kid you're like, Oh, this is amazing but now we have all these things and we know the whole story of Metal Gear. We're like, Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And true. back then cutscenes were new. That was I mean, there was no real cutscenes in Super Nintendo or the Genesis. So with the PlayStation, cutscenes were like, Oh man, there's a movie in my game. Yeah. Mind blown. Well, that was yeah. one of the early selling points of the PlayStation was all the full motion video and or at least disc based consoles in general. I mean, right. I guess that was like the whole Sega CD aspect was That's true full motion video. But I mean, I think that was one of the selling points for me when I got the PlayStation was like, you know, it's kind of cool. You get this, you know, it looks more realistic or at least, you know, at the time it did. And um, so I, I don't know. I, I like the videos overall. I just, you know, could. It could be a little shorter would be nice. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree completely. Yeah. I mean, I think it was MGS4 has nine hours of cutscenes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Are you serious? Wow. Yeah, yeah. If you put in YouTube, uh, Metal Gear 4 cutscenes, it's like nine hours long. Something like that. <laughs> wow. I heard... Uh, I recently watched all the Metal Gear ones from start to finish, all the cutscenes in preparation for this. <laughs> that took a while. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I heard even the second, I think even Mark, I think you just said it, even the second one, like, takes a huge leap in the step of, of how much, like, this is Metal Gear Light in comparison to every game to follow, which yeah, uh, really kind of says a lot. <laughs> but yeah, how about you, PC? What did you think of the story? It was definitely confusing for me as well, <laughs> especially playing through the game for the first time. They kept bringing up these cutscenes, introducing new characters that they kind of expect you to already know for some reason. Right. So that was definitely confusing. But uh, the story at the beginning of the game, I was kind of thought it was kind of a generic terrorist nuclear attack you know, type yeah. storyline. But as it kind of evolved, it got pretty interesting, especially when they got the cloning and DNA manipulation <laughs> and all that. 
<laughs> definitely evolved quite a bit from the beginning, but yeah, I, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, they and definitely, there were definitely uh, a lot of cut scenes. Oh, God, yeah, they pulled in all the stops for sure. Because the, the story it does seem like it's going to be just your generic infiltrate uh, some, a terrorist organization, and then yeah, it just yeah. gets, you know, off the rails. And uh, that's a good point, though. Where it's your first time through, it would be a lot different. It would be a little harder to get it. And another thing is when you start the game up, if you don't hit start or anything, and it'll actually play out a scene, and it kind of introduces all of – it introduces your mission, and they explain all the people who are going to be there. They go over Revolver Ocelot and Sniper Wolf and everybody who's going to be there. But if, if you hit start right at the start, you don't know that, and they don't really introduce it again later throughout the game. So you have to know to let the – intro play out before you even begin i don't know if yeah, i actually did watch that uh, oh you did <laughs> being, uh, even I with that. how i figured it out but i had left it there and i knew there was a cutscene there so i did watch it oh that's good yeah that's definitely some big advice you can pass on to anybody who's starting it out so if you're listening and you haven't played yet make sure you let that play out kind of a sick bastard puts a cutscene at the start of the game before you even start the game <laughs> <laughs> just goes to show what you're in for i guess <laughs> all right well i guess we should get into more of the characters of the story then and uh and start talking about some of these crazy uh people they have throughout so maybe let's get into solid snake himself what do people think about him do you guys think he's just like a james bond kind of character or uh what do you think of snake uh p1 I really think that Snake is a cool character, <laughs> and I really enjoy that all action heroes have smoked for years and years and years. Yeah, <laughs> year old smokers for sure. Yeah, I like Snake. I mean, it's he is a smoker, incidentally, but uh, I like I do like Snake as a character, and he has the generic gravelly voice because you can't be tough if you sound like a twelve year old, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, no, I like him. I think he's cool. I like he. Uh, I like the fact that he's in there and he's on his own. You know what I mean? And he's like, I'm always on my own. And it's it's also kind of neat that the game starts off and you're like this legend already. Because a lot of games start off and you are you know just beginning. You're a rookie or you're a kid waking up in a bed. You're not already a hero. And this one starts and it's like they're already falling all over you. Mei Ling or whatever her name is. Uh, she's like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm meeting Solid Snake. This is amazing. And he's like, you're cute. <laughs> yeah, right. you know? yeah. I spent a lot of time on the battlefield. He's yeah. horny. <laughs> too much time by the looks of things. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I do I do enjoy the character of Solid Snake. And um I even like the the way they designed him, the the outfit that he wears, his look, everything. I think he's I think it was a good fit. Because it was a it was a different it wasn't just a generic, you know, James Bond, I'm sort of a suave spy. But uh it was a, it was a good departure from that. I liked it. Yeah, he's a little rough, and uh, you know he's got the gravelly voice. But yeah, he really uh, he really was a cool main character, I think. And they really picked a good choice with him. Um, but what do you think about uh, him having a clone and everything? Doesn't everybody have clones? <laughs> like, do you think Liquid Snake, in comparison to Solid, was a good mix? No. No. <laughs> well, what do you think? What do you think, Chris, about, about Solid and Liquid? <laughs> what do you think about them being brothers and everything? Uh, you know, it was all right. I mean, it was you know a cool little part of the story, I guess. But I mean, you know, it, it seems like some of the time when they're showing it, like you're like, you know, because he doesn't even know. He's like, "What are you talking about? Yeah, you, know, you killed our father," and it's like little. <laughs> 
I don't know. So it's not Star just us that are confused. It's actually the characters as well. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Nick's like, dude, just shoot me with a chopper, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know who the hell you are. You got the rock star hair. You know, I keep my <laughs> short. Yeah. They're po- polar opposites in that regards. That's there's thing. a there's a comment in the beginning. It's uh, the DARPA chief, and he's like, "Oh, you don't look like any of them, or you don't look like one of them." But he fucking looks just like him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, yo, you can't be with them. You don't look like they do. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> That's funny. What yeah, do you think? Snake's got uh, a cooler name and he's got smokes. You know That's what I mean? true. Solid over liquid. Solid is a much cooler name. <laughs> yeah. And do they explain where those names come from? <laughs> uh, there was an interview that I just read recently. And he was making some play on... The different states of matter. Like, no joke. He, really? he literally was like... I can't remember. It was on Twitter. Somebody linked it on Twitter. Um, outside of the club, I believe. And I read it. And even that interview with him was like, who is this guy fucking... <laughs> what is the matter with him? Um, <laughs> I can't remember what it was. But, uh, yeah, it was he was doing, like, a play on, on uh, the different states of matter and how things can be the same but different and... Anyway. Wow, that's pretty deep. Wow, yeah, but it's he didn't go uh, with almost... he didn't go with gas because there was gas. he had a reason for it. And... <laughs> gas snake. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, like <laughs> <laughs> there's not a coherent thought in this man's head. That's <laughs> that's funny. All right. Well, um, how about you, Mark? What do you think of snake and maybe liquid as well? All right, snake. Uh, well, how about we said earlier? Do we think he's more of a James Bond type of guy, and uh, mm. well, we we know he isn't. I mean, he's not he's not a lover of the chicks, is he? You know, no. he's not gonna. He's not a lover of the chicks. I mean, Meryl's like throwing herself at him. At one point, he's like, "I'm not fucking interested." Like, <laughs> I, I wrote I wrote down this line, and it's 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 uh, Meryl going, "That snake going, you'll slow me down because she wants to go with him." And she's like, "No, I won't. If I do, you can shoot me." And his reply is, "I don't like to waste bullets." <laughs> <laughs> and he's like he's like if you lose you die a dog's death okay lady you know and it's like classic snake he's dark he's to the point he doesn't he does his mission you know and he knows that he's just a soldier he knows he's going to die on the battlefield it's where he wants to die it's where he's happy dying and this is that's all his life you know you can oh, have a naked so chick or a snake up like screw your mission right now you know I'm a fucking porn star you can ravage your shit and he's like no <laughs> I tell Liquid that I secretly fucked his brother and something. You know, and it doesn't work. So that's why I love Snake. He's to the point. He is like me, mission man, you know. And he gets lied to a lot, so he's obviously a fucking idiot. He's not as smart as yeah. you make out. You know, you know what I love about Snake is the colonel will say something to him. He'll be like, oh, they lied. And he'll go, they lied. And he'll repeat everything. Everything is yeah. old. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's a good point. Yeah. He's not, uh, he might be strong and stealthy and good at infiltrating places, but he is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> totally shit. Yeah. Uh, Snake, I don't, have, I don't have clearance for that. You're in charge of this mission and you don't have clearance? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in charge, Snake. Remember when I said the Secretary of Defense was in charge? <laughs> the Secretary of Defense? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Snake, this is Miller. Miller. <laughs> 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 Fucking seriously? Yeah. 
I think Snake might be the clone. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so that's where I stand on Snake Liquid. Um, I remember when I played it for the first time, and then I was like, "Why, they're brothers? Why Liquid got a British accent?" And it's not until you like get on with the lore and play that the next like fucking fifteen thousand games, you realise that you got trained in a. Uh, it was like in, in England as a soldier. Good point. Oh, there you go. That's where I got the accent from. They don't tell you that. Like, we're twins, Snake. It's like, what? <laughs> Brother. Yeah. What? <laughs> sense. But that is true. There, there is one thing you can say with Snake is, you know, he he knows who he is, and he doesn't switch his character halfway through the game all of a sudden. So, I guess you could say that's that's some sort of stability. <laughs> At least he's consistent. Yeah. Yeah. What himself about, going for him and that's it. That's it. What about you, PC? What do you think of Snake and maybe Liquid as well? Oh, well, <laughs> Solid Snake really came across as a very generic character to me. Uh just this lone wolf type character that cares only about himself at the beginning and then kind of evolves into this character that uh <laughs> well actually doesn't really evolve, but <laughs> he just kinda cares a little bit more at the end. About, uh... Doesn't evolve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good point though, because he he does kind of start to care a little bit more at the end. But you're right; he is your typical generic character, I suppose. <laughs> he, he reminds me of somebody from a movie. I can't even think of it, but the same type of thing. You know, a lone wolf character only cares about the mission, and then at the end, he falls in love or something like that. You know, right? Uh, Rambo. Kurt, Kurt Russell, Snake, and um, there you go. yeah, about twenty references. That I'm sure oh yeah, he was from. Snake too. That's right. I, I didn't even yeah. Kurt Russell. I think that was kind of part of the thing. Then they, I think they even incorporate an eye patch later on in the games, right? That's yeah. true. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that's where they got the name from. That's very interesting. I should have done some research because that sounds right. <laughs> well, and then the original <laughs> box art, they stole Kyle Reese from the Terminator. So, oh, I mean, yeah, they, that's right. They they did yeah. a lot of borrowing in this game. <laughs> that's funny. Was uh, was the original Metal Gear for the NES also written by uh, Edgar Allan Poe? <laughs> I'm sorry, I mean Kojima. Yeah, he was the uh, the designer of it. So, yeah, I guess. Wow. I guess so. He must have been so frustrated with how uncrazy he had, he could be for the NES. Yeah. We need to have eight plot twists. Uh, there's not enough room in the cartridge. <laughs> this will never do. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he still got in the cigarettes, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. You're smoking in an NES game. That's pretty wild. That's true. He bought stocks in Marlboro. 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 <laughs> right. Marlboro. Holy shit. Just say camel. <laughs> yeah, camel. Yeah. <laughs> You're safe. <laughs> All right, well, how about uh, we start talking about maybe some of the villains in it, because there is a lot of them in here. And uh, as P1 mentioned earlier, there was one particular fight that he remembers quite well, and uh, that's Psycho Mantis. Uh, did you guys have any trouble with Psycho Mantis? Actually, this was your first time playing PC. Did uh, How did your fight with Psycho Mantis go? Uh, it took me a little bit to figure it out. <laughs> oh, that's but, very interesting. Uh... But one of the things that uh, actually clued me off to what I was supposed to do is towards the beginning of the game, I think you mentioned it, P2, was uh, that you had to look on the back of the case um, right. to find the frequency for Merrill. Right. And yep. it took me a long time to figure that out. And I, I was like, what case? I, I don't have any cases. <laughs> it, 
If it, oh yeah. It, it's trying to make you think outside the box, outside the game, which is never. It's not really something I've seen in any other game where it would have you look at something that's not inside the game. Right. And uh, that got me thinking in that boss battle, uh, just kind of thinking out of the box and th- think, what can I do to beat this guy that maybe is unusual? And uh, I noted, I remembered at the uh, cutscene at the beginning of the boss battle where he mentions you haven't saved very often or something like that. Mm-hmm. So originally I was thinking memory card. Uh, maybe I'm supposed to remove the memory card, and I tried that initially. That didn't work. <laughs> and uh, eventually I did try and unplug the controller, and that was it. But uh, it's actually it actually seems to make a little more sense on the Dreamcast than it does on the PS1 because the memory card is in the controller. And you right. remove memory, you can't read minds, stuff like that. But, wow, that's but a good ver- point. <laughs> <laughs> that actually makes a lot more sense. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. Well, that's kind of interesting to hear a first uh, perspective of that because, I mean, it's been years since I had that fight originally. That's nice to see a fresh perspective of it. Yeah, but I thought it was really cool. <laughs> Definitely a unique boss battle. Yeah, cool. Um, how about uh, you, P1? What's, how did you uh, do with it back in the day? Uh, I, I remember having, like, no idea. I I seem to remember, like, being stuck on it for a very long time, but... And obviously, my memory of time is skewed. Uh, I loved it, though. It was... Because he visually is one of the coolest characters, I think, in any video game. Uh, he's easily in my top ten video game villains. And just that fight with him, just like PC said, it's something different. Like, never before would you expect a game to say, unplug your controller and plug it into a different port so you can beat this guy. It's... I don't know. It was... It, it's the highlight of the entire game for me. Yeah, it definitely stands out. And I guess for everybody listening, we should really clarify what we're talking about. Um, no. <laughs> no. In the game... Clarify? <laughs> in the game, there is a uh, villain named Psychomantis, and he can read your thoughts. So when you're fighting him, you can try and shoot at him and, and hit him, but he's going to predict everything that you do. So in order to counteract that, you have to figure out how to do it, and you have to unplug your controller from port one and put it into port two, and that way you can move around and he can't read your thoughts. Um, but yeah, so I figured we better clear that up. But, uh, how about you, uh, how about you, Mark? How did you find with that fight? God, oh, it took me a long time because I'm stupid. <laughs> and, like, I mean, I'm stupid now. <laughs> like, you can imagine, like, 12-year-old me, like, I've not figured out masturbation yet, so I can't take the stress away of it. And... <laughs> You know, like, home life sucks, and then I got this fucking psycho man, this guy fucking killing me. Yeah. yeah, no, it was tough, man. It took me a long fucking time. You know what? I think I possibly kind of maybe took the PlayStation apart in rage. I probably accidentally <laughs> took the memory card out, put it back in, and like, oh, wow. Like, in rage? You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. Hell. That's probably what happened, to be fair. I can't remember how I did it. I remember getting getting past it, and then Hal being like, Hal Emmerich, but like, oh yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. I've been earlier, you geek. But, um, yeah, hard. It was hard as a kid. Absolutely difficult. I mean, props to, uh, is it Chris? Is he the one who's done it recently? No, PC. It was his first time. Yeah, PC, man. Props to you for figuring that out. I mean, I, I'm scared that if I was to play that now for the first time, that I wouldn't be able to do it. And then I wouldn't, I'd just leave it probably. I wouldn't go on. Then again, we have internet that now be? to look it up. You know, like back then we didn't have internet, did we? Like I said before, to look it up and look up the answer. Right. Yeah. So yeah, difficult as a kid, but thank God it's over. 
Yeah, you're right. I And you raise a good point that I don't remember how I figured it out. I'm guessing P1 probably figured it out because I was pretty young back then too. And uh, But do you remember how you figured it out, P1? I'm pretty sure you get a message from uh, uh, Meryl, I think, on your codec. If you fail so many times, I think she comes on and says, try changing your controller port or something uh, like that. I I actually, that. now that I think of it, that's actually when I figured it out. <laughs> when they told you <laughs> you've been caught but, <laughs> but I like, oh try, yeah better pipe up <laughs> I did try removing the VMU or the memory card originally yeah. so. <laughs> which when you think about it would have been the cooler option Close. <laughs> it makes more sense it is your, your memory unit you couldn't be able to read it it makes sense don't make him feel better PC you're a lying bastard <laughs> <laughs> I was close enough that was no home PC. <laughs> but yeah, that was pretty close. I'll give you props for that for sure. How about you, Chris? How did you find the Psycho Mantis fight? Well, this time I just remembered from when I was a kid, but um, I think it was something like what uh, PC just said. I'm pretty sure I tried to. I, I, you know what? I, I think I figured out early on that if you just kept bugging Campbell or one of those, you know, whoever on your um, codex. Mm-hmm. That eventually they would just be like, "All right, idiot, do this." And yeah, I I think that's what it was. I'm pretty sure Campbell just said, "Okay, dumbass, you know, try switching your controller." I'm like, "Oh, okay," <laughs> you know. But I mean, I, I agree though. That was my favorite boss battle. I remember when he, you know, originally. I mean, I think I touched on it on our on the Narkcast with you guys. But when he read my memory card and he's like, "Oh, you've been playing wrestling," I was just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how did you know that? He's like, oh, you've saved like seventy-five times. I'm like, hey, come on, <laughs> yeah. So it- I, I, that was a really cool idea. I mean, it definitely was thinking outside the box on their end. You know, I, I don't even know of a game since then that's done something like that. Uh, you can't really unplug the controller the anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, you know. All right. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. they copied them. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's even like like you said, like how did you know that? Because it's. As a kid, you're not thinking, "Oh, he can read my memory card and see what what saved what what I've saved on there." You know what I mean? It's just it is it is sort of mind blowing. It's like what is, what is happening right now? Why does this game know what's going on in my skull? Uh, I man, I wish I want that to happen again in a game with really good controls. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> also, um, I don't know if any of you guys knew, but there is a way to beat him. Um, Without changing your controller ports, they had to put it in in case your one of your controller ports is broken. And uh, it's been a long time since I looked it up, but I think you have to like punch the uh, the paintings on the walls or uh, or the statues or something like that um, in order to beat them in the second way. Let me just uh, look that up right quick because I'm kind of curious. P1, you talk about something while I look that up. So, <laughs> I look it up. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> um, how to beat Psychomandis without changing your controller ports. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> well, give we'll it someone else to do, and then when it's done, come back into the room. Let's see here. Yeah, you have to blow up the statues in the corner of the room, but I don't know how that works. Uh, so, yeah, there I'm sure they go. tie it in somehow. Maybe the statues are... I don't know. I have no so idea. more heavy C4 that Snake's carrying around that you don't see. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. In one of his many pouches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah RPG and sniper rifle is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Where, where do you keep that uh, 
That remote control missile launcher? <laughs> In my back pocket, dick. Yeah. <laughs> In my back pocket. <laughs> yeah, in my back pocket. Yeah, Snake would have been a god smuggling drugs into prison. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. 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 Meryl actually makes a joke about that when she gives him the card. And she's like, he's like, how do you have the cards? Oh, women have more hiding spots than men. Yeah, like... What? And as a kid, I didn't get that, but I got it this time around. And I was just like, I, uh, oh my goodness. I still don't. I still don't. Oh, they because oh, they carry because they carry purses, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Got it, nailed it. All right, good. All right, yep. yeah, we can talk about Meryl for a minute here. Um, what do you guys think of Meryl? Do you think she plays a good uh, supporting role? I guess we should ask. Uh, how about she runs kind of funny? She does run kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> all right, P one, you go ahead. What do you think of Meryl? That's all I have to say. She runs funny. <laughs> right. Any any uh, thoughts anybody wants to bring up? Um, I would like to uh, chime in. Sure, you go right uh, Hideo Kojima loves the ass, doesn't he? He loves <laughs> ass shots. Yeah. He loves Meryl's ass. When you first see her running away, like back then, his kid, I was like, oh man, that's a good looking ass. I this time, I was like, that's a good looking square. I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. But do you yeah, know, like, it? I knew as a kid, you know, the bit when you climb up into the uh, the uh, ventilation shaft and you know, yeah. Meryl's in the prison yep. doing sit ups? If you yep. go in, you watch her and you climb back down and you go in. Every time you go up and down, she strips off a bit more clothing. What? Seriously? Yeah. Are you yeah. serious? And then, yeah, in the end, she's just in her underwear doing sit-ups in a prison. You just got to go up the ladder, through the shaft, look at her, then climb back down to the bottom of the ladder, then go up and do it again. And every time you go up, she's more naked. I did not know that, but... I can't, I I can't tell if you're trolling me right now, because if I boot this game up and I find her... But that's not true. I'm gonna be so angry. <laughs> no, dude, I promise you, it's true. I promise you, it's true. You can do, you can do it when you. She's you know the part, man. Yeah, go and do it. Yep. She strips down to her uh, into her bra and panties. Huh. So what on Hideo, you wow. fucking pervert? <laughs> but um, no, oh, I like I like the character. Pretty good character. I thought it was a bit random story. I mean, oh yeah, she's a soldier, but then like she didn't want to what the other soldiers wanted to do like doing this nuke thing so just put her in the jail cell well what's she doing in the army in the first place how did how did she pass the test how did she get in yeah. they didn't say that it's just like oh it's just hanging out with all these dudes in the army <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they didn't really go into too much about why she was there hey. i'm sure at some point in their interview process they're going to say something like uh you may be required to shoot somebody and or fire a nuclear missile will that be a problem for you <laughs> <laughs> yes jail cell <laughs> <laughs> yeah jail cell <laughs> oh my. There was another interesting character, uh, Otacon. He's like the the scientist, I guess. And, uh, you know, he's a little strange guy, kind of a geeky kind of guy. But, uh, you know, what do you guys think of him? Any any thoughts on Otacon, PC? He's a wimp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's himself himself. at the beginning of the game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and then he helps out. <laughs> Doing stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's not a whole lot stuff. to do, man. He doesn't uh, do a whole lot in the game, except be a coward. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much something. Uh, I don't know about that. He's a. Uh, I think it's quite important. Yeah, he does serve. Sorry. What, uh, what do you mean by that, man? I don't know. Like, um, I got a bit. Well, not emotion. I mean, I'm. It sounds stupid. I'm like really attached to this game, <laughs> like, and the whole series, and like after playing all of them and knowing the kind of friend that Archon becomes with Snake over the next God knows how many years. 
and like a you know like a best friend really you're probably the only friend that snake's got and like when i first saw uh Otacon in that locker pissing his pants and uh like meeting snake for the first time i was a bit like wow you know you're looking back at that that story and then you see the story with Otacon and the love he has with sniper wolf and i don't know i think there's a lot more to him and i think you know without Otacon, there is no snake no you're right oh that got real deep there awesome. I have to admit he does help out a lot uh, when you call him on the uh the intercom thing or whatever it is. Yeah, I was gonna ask that. Did you guys call Codex, him? Yes. Like what happens if you call him? I, I called him quite a few times actually. Uh, I think uh, yeah, quite a few times during the game he'll tell you what you need to do. Because uh, the game, a lot of the time, tends to be vague on what you're supposed to do next. So I usually call a bunch of people. He was actually the most helpful, I should yeah, I'll say. Well, and if you have a hot dog and you need some ketchup, he will produce <laughs> a ketchup bottle for you. <laughs> that is handy. <laughs> that alone. I liked him better in uh, Goldeneye when he was a bad guy. Oh. <laughs> With his little clicker pin, yeah. <laughs> yeah, what was his name in Gold Life? Boris. Boris. Boris Johnson. I uh, I do. I gotta say though, after listening to Mark describe him and describe how him and Snake grow into this friendship, it actually makes me want to play. Because this is the only Metal Gear game I've ever played, and it makes me want to play the other ones. And you got to tell me, Mark, do the control? Obviously, you get camera control at some point with the right analog stick. But do the controls smooth out? Like, does it improve over time, or am I going to be frustrated? No, no, you're going to be uh, pleasantly surprised. Like, obviously, in Metal Gear 2, you got the whole riding thing we won't go into now. But, um, <laughs> so you only have a little bit of, of Otacon, but then, like, uh, you play Metal Gear Solid 4, and so that was with the PS3. So the camera control is excellent, the gameplay is excellent, and you see the, you do see the depth of the friendship between Otacon and Snake, like, in that one, because it's like, you know, Spoiler alert for anyone, but like you obviously, Snake's coming to his end in a way everyone thinks he is, and you see the emotion and the intense like kind of love between those two characters. So it's definitely worth a play Metal Gear Solid Four to see like the next stage of how they progress as a friendship. I'm gonna have to check that out then. Yeah. Hmm. Am I gonna need like a pie chart or a lot of graphing paper to figure out the story? <laughs> Fuck, I'm still putting mine together. <laughs> pretty much anybody else that you guys want to talk about because that's really the the main characters I guess you could say but is there anybody else that stood out to you guys and maybe you want to have a a talk about how about you Chris anybody in particular that uh, you found interesting I think Roy Campbell's a direct rip off of uh, the commander and Rambo and Mm. he's a jackass though I mean there's times where he's you know kind of helpful and then you know he's lying like when the snakes ask him directly you know hey do you know about this and it's just like dot 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 yeah like i'm like dude <laughs> like way to blow him off you know what i mean yeah you send him in there you know alone yeah here's a here's a suit and a pack of smokes uh, yeah. you know look around you might find some things we have to search you first and remove all your weapons well, why yeah. We just have to. Yeah, we're going to shoot you out in a little mini submarine. Yeah. You know? I mean, man, he really just kind of drops him off in the middle of nowhere. And you know he's lying about stuff the whole way through. Yeah. yeah. 
Everything. And then it's like, hey, you know, I, I know I've kind of screwed you over, but will you please save my niece? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't want to listen to her mother bitch of every family reunion for the next 10 years. Exactly. <laughs> and, then, and then speaking of Meryl for a second, I mean, for a hot chick, man, she is really needy. I mean, she's known Snake maybe, what, three or four hours? And then she's just like, don't forget me. I mean, he's already forgot yeah. her, like, in that moment. You know, yeah. <laughs> he's just like you're slowing me down. I'm yeah. rolling. Um, <laughs> you know, I used to like to go. I I don't know. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but there is this part where like you have to fight through the interrogation, right? Yeah. And, and yeah, you know, you if you, talk about that. Oh, and it's and it you know it wears you out. I mean, you really do feel like you're going through an interrogation while how much you have to hit that O button. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, because I used to play it so many times, sometimes I just like to you know. Say screw it, press select, and let her die. You know what I mean? The guy's yeah, like, yeah. I got her. I'm gonna take care of her. Like, yeah, go ahead, dude. Uh, you know, can we just move on to the next scene? I don't even. I don't even take the first round of tortures. Uh, no, yeah, kill her. Yep, <laughs> you are good. Moving on, dude. I remember how pissed I was though the first time I got through it, and I'm like, oh man, you know. And then I didn't save because you know I had read somewhere that you really want to limit your saves to get the very best possible ending. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you know, guess what? You're going to get tortured again. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, like, you yeah. know, yeah. And then, and, then, and then, you know, what sucked was I frantically, like, was trying to save, you know, by hitting select really quick to, you know, pull up the Asian lady to, you know, have her save the game for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then it's like, okay, you know, you surrendered. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? So, you know what I mean? That was kind of dirty how they did you like that. They turned the select button into the surrender button instead of calling the codex, you know? Yeah. So, but anyways, that's kind of a side tangent. But, yeah, you know, I, I like all the characters. I think, you know, a lot of diversity. I think uh, Snake's a dog, though. I mean, one minute he's, you know, flirting with Ming Ling and Mei Ling and then, you know, kind of Naomi Hunter. I mean, this dude, he's got some pent up. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he's pretty much ready to do anybody. I bet you give him enough time with Roy, and uh, <laughs> he'd be hitting on him too. I mean, there wasn't a there wasn't a chick in the game he didn't hit on at some point. That's true. If you, you know, were if I was awesome, some... so I was just gonna say, if you were retired in some stone hut in the middle of Alaska with nothing, <laughs> I think you'd be a bit horny as well. Right. Well, Fair now enough. you know why Octagon was really pissing in that locker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, snake so he's so horny. <laughs> yeah, but you may uh, bring up here. a good point there. The uh, the interrogation thing. Did everybody here get through the interrogation round? The torture. Uh, how about you, Mark? Did you uh, get through it, or did you give up? No, I got through it. What I did is put my finger into my t-shirt. Ah. And then, like, just swiped the O button as fast as I could with the T-shirt over the finger. Really? Uh, a bit of a cheating way to do it, yeah. But then, like, uh, it seemed to work, and I got through it. Huh? That's a good tip. Uh, how about you, PC? I got through it uh, probably about ten times before I actually figured out how to get out of the cell. <laughs> <laughs> Guy's a trooper. <laughs> I'm really good at pressing buttons really rapidly, but only for a short amount of time. So luckily, it's not that long. <laughs> but I, 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 usually put that. The, I usually put the controller down on a flat surface and use my whole right hand to tap down on it really fast. But, oh, yes. It's funny how everybody has different methods for hitting buttons really fast, eh? <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I uh, I definitely gave in. I got... Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, uh, you know, I went through about half the first torture scene and then I weighed the pros and cons and I remembered what you get at the end of the game, depending on whether you save her or not. And uh, for everybody who doesn't know, if you do last through the torture, you get a, I believe it's a band, uh, ribbon or a bandana. Ban- bandana. bandana. Yeah, bandana. Yeah. And that gives you unlimited ammo for your next playthrough, right? <laughs> right. Actually, Thanks, new ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait. Was it a bandana or scarf? I know you get a scarf. No, it, at one it's point. it's a bandana. Yeah, the scarf is a uh, sniper wolf scarf or whatever. So, yeah. you, so the wolf. Yeah, so the dogs want to attack. You. Right. right. No, you get a bandana, yeah. and then if you use it in the second playthrough, you get unlimited ammo. Right. Yeah. And then definitely, if- definitely a bandana. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> makes a little more sense. And then, but if you do submit, you uh, you kill Meryl, and uh, Otacon gives you uh, stealth like the ninja, so you can go invisible whenever you want for your next playthrough. So uh, yeah, I, I went with the stealth. I I wanted it more. Selfish. <laughs> I actually think the stealth is cooler. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, wow, why am I fighting to save her? But yeah. Why would I need unlimited ammo if nobody can see me? <laughs> exactly. Well, you're not supposed to be shooting anybody anyways. Yeah, that's right. right. True. But if I let her die and get stealth bandana, I can just go home and go in all the women's changing rooms I want and see loads of different women. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah, exactly. I'll just save this one and look at her for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a lose-lose situation. <laughs> I'm sure your fiance will be happy to know that if she's ever in a situation where you're being tortured and the outcome is either unlimited ammunition or a cool stealth suit. Oh, man, so cool. Screw you, buddy. <laughs> Moving on. Um, I know uh I know PC really enjoyed Sniper Wolf and all of her her uh combat sequences. Yeah. No, that was the most annoying boss battle. <laughs> Solid Snake has to be the worst sniper ever. I mean, I, 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 how do you explain the fact that he can hold a rocket launcher perfectly still, and yet when he's holding the sniper rifle, it's like he overdosed on caffeine? <laughs> yeah, it's true. He goes nuts. <laughs> um, how did did you guys have? Uh, I guess BC had a hard time the second sniper wolf encounter. Um, I used the Nikita missiles. I, I went and hid in a corner and just, I didn't get hit once. And I just kept shooting, uh, rockets that I guided up and hit her. Um, I guess that's kind of cheap. Did anybody else have trouble with her? <laughs> how about, uh, how about you, Chris? Do you remember that fight? You're a cheater. Yeah. Finesse <laughs> isn't really your thing, is it? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I think, uh, the first run through, I, the first encounter with her, I was I got her pretty quickly. Uh, second one, I I don't know, I died a couple times, but you know, I just figured out the pattern. You get, I was trying to hide behind the tree, and it only gives you like half the screen, and she's kind of hiding over in another spot. So I don't know, just adjusted. But yeah, you know, I should have just used Nikita. I didn't even think about that. To tell you the truth, mm-hmm. yeah, I found it really really difficult. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm pretty convinced that Snake is a full-on smackhead after, like, smashing so much dice out of the dice pan, whatever it is, because you would be. You would better live without it afterwards. So when you break your arm or something, or you go for, like, you break your back and you have painkillers, and then these, like, people like, get hooked on and they can't get off. Snake's a smackhead, isn't he? Yeah, I guess so. But, um, yeah, I did the same. Like, I played through it quite a few times, so, like, 
uh, when I was younger, like, I'd, I'd hide and then shoot, like Chris said, just hide and shoot behind the trees and stuff like that. But um, I remember, like, now like, being older, I just did what you did and just got the Nikita out and fucking blew her up. Oh, you <laughs> did? Up. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. too right. Too right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> right, blowing up women is what we do. Yeah, that's right. All right, well, I mean, there was a couple other characters, like uh, Revolver Ocelot. And, oh, we uh, need to talk about him. All right, let's do it then. Sorry, <laughs> it's your show. <laughs> no, no, go for it. What the, What are your I highlights just, of Revolver? Oh, man. Well, it's not so much the highlight in this game. I mean, I love I love Volvo, so it's character. But, like, like, another thing about playing the other games, like, you look at Snakey and stuff, like, for other people that want to play the game, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the people who do know the series over like that, you know, Revolver Ocelot is... He's in everything, isn't he? He's like he's he's the main guy. Like he's friends with Big Boss. Yeah. He's enemies with Big Boss. He's fucking hates Snake, and then he's trying to befriend him and stuff. He's he's a really detailed, and interesting character. And like you see him, I remember playing it this time through, and I was like watching him. I'm watching him swing his revolver around. I'm thinking you wouldn't even have that if it wasn't for Boss and Snake. Here saying you should have a revolver, not that stupid pistol. Wow, that's nice. like, yeah, I didn't know any of that. That's awesome. It's crazy. Like, yeah, Revolver Ocelot is a, he's a main character. Like, even in the Phantom Pain that's coming out now, and that he's he's a main protagonist kind of thing in that. He's one of the main guys. So Cool. Yeah, i got a lot of respect for Revolver Ocelot, but he's not good. I don't think he's good. I don't think he's bad. I think he's just out for himself, and he's a greedy, money-hungry motherfucker who just wants to dominate. So it reminds me of myself. This is great. <laughs> that is interesting. So after this game... um. What did you put his arm missing? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he gets his arm missing, and then he puts Liquid's arm on. And then oh, he, he Liquid becomes Ocelot, and Ocelot becomes Liquid, and it's, oh, it's mental, but... You're I think, kidding. Nah, man. <laughs> no, it's fucking nuts, dude. Like, the best thing to do is maybe to play from Snake Eater, because you see a very young, teenage... Not a teenage, maybe twenty, early 20s Ocelot, who's doesn't know what he's doing. He's, he's He fumbles. He doesn't, you know, doesn't know who his personality is, you know? So, That's yeah, definitely. Well, I won't give any more away, but go back to Snake Eater and then play on. Which one is Snake Eater? Because there's two, three, uh, Peace Walker. I think it's in between yeah. them that it came out. Okay. But it, chronologically, Snake... it's the first, I think. Yeah, it goes way back. Yeah, then. Snake Eater, then it's Peace Walker, then it's going to be Ground Zero's Phantom Pain. Oh, so Ground Zero is a prequel. Yeah. Yeah. Why does You're, why does Snake yeah. looks like he looks Snake looks like he's ninety in the trailers? <laughs> he's getting he's getting on a bit. Uh, but yes, <laughs> Ground Zeroes happens, uh, and then it's like Snake goes into a coma for nine years, and then he got Phantom Pain. Ah, <laughs> really? And that's oh still Big God. Boss. That's not even Solid. That's uh, that's when they take the DNA from Big Boss to make Solid and Liquid without him knowing. Oh, that's crazy! Wow. <laughs> Boom. Mind's blown right there. But so let's not yeah. talk about all that. We'll be here for hours, isn't it? Metal Gear Solid for PlayStation 1. Uh, <laughs> hey. I thought Revolver Ocelot was really good in Tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like him. I didn't like him as much in We Were Soldiers. <laughs> it is Sam Elliott, right? <laughs> it looks like him. I'm sure. Look at a picture. Look at a picture of Robert Ocelot, and then look at a picture of Sam Elliott, and tell me that's not the same person. This should have just been a movie. 
Yeah, it kind uh, of was. Don't even get me started. Yeah, <laughs> it should be. It should be. There was talk about it, but it never went through. I mean, I don't think you can get the, the, the all the actors, and that would have to be perfect. It wouldn't. Ah, yeah, it would ruin it. Tough. Yeah, it could be an animation movie. Easy. Mm-hmm, Why mm-hmm. they haven't done a TV series on it, animation-wise, or an animation movie, that would be on me. Hmm. Yeah, you'd figure Hideo would have done something. <laughs> uh, what about uh, the ninja? Uh, what was his name? Gray Fox, I believe? Yeah. Yeah. Right. What did you guys think of him? How about you, Chris? How did you find that fight with him the first time you found him? You know, I, I got lucky the first time I, I think at that point, I kind of got the idea that if they leave certain things in the room, you know, <laughs> it's probably a good idea to use those. And I, so I just kept throwing the stun grenades, you know, it kind of stun him, just come up and punch him a couple of times. Yeah. Um, I do think it's pretty cool, interesting little uh, code or not really a code, but if you beat the game three times on the same save file, Mm-hmm. Uh, his suit turns red. He looks like Spider-Man. Huh. And then um, also Snake has a tuxedo on like James Bond. Really? Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's something I remembered. I like. I, I remember playing the game obsessively. Probably just trying. I, I was trying to get the best. Uh, you know, the best overall ranking. But Rank. I, I think I was like the second best ranking or something like that. But um, no, I, I like the ninja. I mean, I think his. Uh, you know make me feel the pain or whatever he was saying came off as a little uh, homoerotic. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Those are the punches I remember. Right. So well. right. <laughs> Creepy. There's not very many female soldiers on the battlefield in those no. days. You know? Do you so. remember that night snake where right. he fisted me like this? Right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he's just like, shut up, dude. You know, and Snake's like, I remember, man. Quiet, there's a guy in the closet here. <laughs> what happens on the I battlefield stays on the battlefield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shut up, man. We had a pack. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I like it. Warm. I character. Yeah, you Pretty can... cold. We only have one sleeping bag. Just get over it. <laughs> does, uh, does he end up becoming... Raiden or Raiden or oh no. no oh they just both wear cyber suits and have swords yeah because like Metal Gear Solid two what they're trying to do is reenact Metal Gear Solid one okay it's like a training thing okay that's the that just goes too in depth to the fucked up story that Metal Gear Solid two Sons of Liberty is but yeah pretty much so they're trying to reenact it all okay hmm didn't know that interesting how about you PC what did you think of the ninja character. Uh, the ninja was definitely the longest boss battle for me. Or, it was close between that and the final boss battle, but uh, it took me a long time to figure out how to actually beat him. I don't like to look at walkthroughs, but I had to look at one for this. Uh, at the beginning, I couldn't figure out how to actually damage him. I eventually tried using the chaff grenades, and that would stun him, and I could hit him a couple times, but eventually I ran out of the grenades. Right. So I didn't know what to do after that. I eventually didn't look... Looked at a walkthrough and I figured it out, but uh, I ended up actually using the chaff grenades towards the end of the boss battle to finish him off and made it a lot easier. But uh, I didn't even realize you could actually hurt him by punching him at the beginning. For some reason, I thought he was invulnerable to that. But Yeah, it took me a little while, even this time around, going through to, to remember how to beat him. But uh, but yeah, once you figure it out, it's it's pretty rewarding. But it's just another example of how they threw in these 
you know, unique mechanics of trying to figure out the boss battles rather than just going in and, you know, going to town on them. But uh, yeah, yeah, I found just, that. Yeah. Yeah. With, just, with, with most of the boss battles, it was uh, a lot of thinking involved. That's right. Which is pretty cool. It's not just run in gun. Uh, involved a lot of thinking with each boss battle and how to actually beat the boss. So it's quite nice. Yeah, that's right. I agree. How about uh, how about you, Mark? What did you think of Grave or uh, the Ninja Guy? Yeah, no, I know. I liked him. I liked the battle. I liked him as a character in real life. Obviously, Ninja would just slice the crap out of Snake and they'll be over. <laughs> But it's you know, a game, and we're, you know we're playing a snake, and he's got to fucking finish the game. Um, <laughs> do you guys know that um, Gray Fox was was it, was it Naomi Hunter's brother? Oh yes, oh, really? like that. Yeah, I knew they were. Yeah. Really, I thought it was her uh, her son, or that was her father, wasn't it? Or maybe it was brother. Uh, was it a fa- brother? Pretty sure it was brother. Father, brother, yeah, pretty, yeah, yeah, brother. And that's why she's pretty pissed. Uh, snake and stuff. I think that's something to do with a fox star or something, isn't it? Yeah, it, they flush it out a bit in the game, but you know they still leave it pretty gray. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, good. Yeah, pretty gray. Hey. <laughs> oh, I, uh, I, did, I see I what you did there. To do that. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I did. Maybe I did. But yeah, I'm, I mean, it's just an example of another interesting character, and uh, you know. That's does he uh, does he actually die in this game, or does he come back later on? I think he does die. Yeah, because he definitely gets Rex like messes him up. But I, I don't know how Hideo works if he comes back again. Then again, he did die in an earlier game too, and he was in this game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, yeah, yeah he this is yeah. his return. All right, yeah, Snake killed him back in the day, and then. Um, yeah, no, he died in this game. He died in this game. That's, that's the end of him. Yeah, he's actually dead. Okay, cool. <laughs> very cool. Well, the storyline's yeah. very confusing. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but you never know. He could come back as a zombie or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That could be the Phantom Pain. <laughs> God, yeah. Fucking could be. Actually, Psycho Mantis is uh, yes. supposed to be returning in 5. And I wonder if that's the Phantom Pain. Well, he yeah, is, he's right. in Phantom Pain as the uh, a child uh, of Psychomantis. He's, he's a young, a very, very young Psychomantis. Oh, interesting. All right, well, as PC was bringing up, every fight is different for each boss. So maybe we should get into the gameplay mechanics of the game, like the controls and everything, because there's one particular boss fight, and it's, uh, oh, what's his name? Raven guy. What's his name? Vulcan Raven. Vulcan Raven. Oh, Raven. yeah. The uh, the first time that you're fighting against him and you have to lob grenades into that tank. Oh, my gosh. Getting the right angle and everything. The controls were driving me crazy. But uh, overall, what did you guys feel about the uh, the controls? How about uh, how about you, P1? Fuck this game. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the title. <laughs> um, I really, they, 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 they frustrated me. I would try to run around a corner, and I would actually just run into it, and then put my back against it, and I could see what was around it, and that's not what I wanted. <laughs> and not, like Mark mentioned earlier, not having camera control, when it's something that you're so used to now, was frustrating. The top-down view was frustrating. I don't play first-person shooters, because when I walk around, I don't walk around with my hands up in front of my face all the time. And <laughs> I, I didn't enjoy this view, because I don't walk around staring at the ground all the time, either. <laughs> Like, I don't know. The aiming with the gun is atrocious. Uh, 
it's frustrating. And would I knock people down and for whatever reason, Snake can't fucking point his gun to the ground? I can't shoot somebody when they're laying down? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I can take out a hind D, but I can't shoot a guy on his knees? <laughs> so, uh, needless to say, you, uh, you don't feel the game has aged well in, <laughs> in the control <laughs> department. <laughs> All right, very good. How about... When it came out... Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, when it came out, it was so new and there was nothing like it and it was so advanced. And at the time, it was the best. You know what I mean? Like, this was the pinnacle of new controls and it was really good. But things have come so far since then. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just like... I can't believe... Oh, I don't, it's, it's like when you're a kid and you're like, oh, I really like this TV show. And then you grow up and you're like, I can't believe I ever watched that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm really bummed out now. But you made a good point. It is kind of the first <laughs> of its kind. Like when you think back then, what other games were around that were like this? So it's kind of hard to benchmark against that anything because at the time you were like, this is fantastic. But now there's been so many games that have, you know, even the Metal Gear Solid franchise itself has, you know, really perfected it that it's hard to go back to something like this. But, you know, it has its quirks. Even the stealth is bullshit, because I have two speeds, running and stopped. (laughs) How am I supposed to sneak up on somebody? I can go max speed or I can stand still. These are my choices. Anyway, I'm going to mute my mic. You talk to somebody else. All right. (laughs) All right. um, How about you, PC? How did you find about the controls? They were definitely clunky. <laughs> yeah. It took a long time to get used to them, um, especially the aiming. <laughs> Compared to games today where you're aiming a gun, it's very smooth. This was very hard to aim, and uh, the Dreamcast analog stick didn't make anything better. <laughs> I don't know how good it would be with just the D-pad on the PS1 controller, but it, uh, the analog stick didn't seem to make it any better. <laughs> but huh, yeah, I definitely never takes that. a lot of getting used to the controls. Yeah, it definitely had a, a steep learning curve going back to it. But I didn't think about what it would have been like on a Dreamcast control. I'm sure it would have been even floatier. It would have been, would have been even worse in terms of aiming those guns. But yeah. I really, I really can't compare because I didn't – well, obviously I played on the Dreamcast, but I could have tried it on the PS1, but I haven't. So All I right. can't really compare it to what it's like with the D-pad. Does it support the DualShock? I don't know. Yeah, it does. Uh, it does. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. The right analog stick doesn't do a whole lot that I noticed, but you can move around with your analog stick. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but at least you had the graphics behind you on Dreamcast. <laughs> so there's a plus. Yeah, um, nice, nice and smooth. Yeah, that's right. So how about you, Chris? How did you find the controls? Uh, playing it now, I mean, I. It, I, I kind of just jumped back into it. The shooting was a little off. I mean, yeah. you don't. Back then, though, it was really disorienting because you know I just got done playing Goldeneye, so I really had that kind of shooting mechanics in my mind. The first person shooting, oh, you yeah. know, like real pinpoint accuracy. You know, you could shoot them exactly where you wanted, pretty much. This one is kind of like you know you just shoot and hope that you hit them. You know, it kind of <laughs> aims for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, you know, and the first person shooting in this game was, a, or even the first person viewing at, isn't as good. But I mean, at the time, you know, it wasn't a lot to compare it to, so it didn't seem so bad then. And you know, I, I think the game is aged as good as you can expect from a, you know, a, a PS1 game. You know. 
Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I think that pretty much sums up, you know, the controls and everything for this game because it is from a PS1 era game. But, I mean, it's definitely got its quirks, but it's definitely got its good points, too. What do you think, Mark? What do you think of the controls? Uh, well, you said it all for me, to be honest. I mean, back then it was something new, it was something fresh, and it was it was amazing. But going back now, it, it's hard. You know, it takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of patience. But um, so it's just the world we live in, so I can't really yeah, rate any more on that from what you guys have said. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, did anybody else have any trouble with those red lasers that you need to get by when you're getting out of the hangar originally before you fight Vulcan Raven? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Go, go ahead, Mark. What happened with you? <laughs> well, it's like, how am I going to think, oh, maybe I should like take a smoke on? I'm, I'm like 12. I don't smoke in my real life. <laughs> Oh my God, why, why should I, you know, I don't know if I'm going to smoke on these lasers, you know? Yeah. I mean, I can imagine if some kids are like, well, a snake's doing it. I'm going to go out and buy me a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> well, they did well, put a warning know. up there. They did put the Surgeon General warning to let you know. Right. Yeah, and oh. you do lose health. So, I mean, if well, you keep smoking, you will die. <laughs> I can't read now, and I definitely couldn't read when I was 12. So. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, idiot. But no, it's really cool. Um, it actually... Uh, um, spurred on a good game like those lasers for me god they they made my childhood actually because i saw the lasers on metal gear and i was like you know i want to i want to do that myself so me and my friend we used to play metal gear solid like around the house we used to get cds and like the shiny bits in the back and i used to have the old um you know the old laser capcom capcom gun they have for like uh oh, what was the game what was it time crisis you have like the laser coming time out crisis. of the gun yeah yeah, yeah. So I used to attach, like, stick the laser onto a table onto the floor, come out, and I used to shine off all these different CDs going up the stairs and, like, around the house, and all the lasers would go. And you couldn't see it. So me and my friend used to play Metal Gear. Instead of smoking, because we couldn't, we used to get talcum powder and flow it on the lasers so you could see them and then, like, go through all the lasers. And that was, that was because of Metal wow. Gear. So, you know. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah, dude, like, where were you at, man? I had nerd friends. They didn't think of shit like that. <laughs> yeah. I just had yeah, this that's image what we did. But yeah, so like, you know, the lasers on Metal Gear are like quite a big part of my childhood, <laughs> I guess. Nice. Wow. That's... Just picturing Mark's face on Catherine Zeta-Jones' body in Entrapment. <laughs> she's, she's dodging those lasers. Very similar. I'm like... <laughs> I've been doing that for years, Cap. <laughs> <laughs> Too fat ass down, girl. <laughs> Fuck. How about you, P1? What was your experience? Fuck those lasers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so angry. <laughs> it, yeah, I didn't think to look in the first person view to see that one of them was a different height and that the height changed, so I just consistently got frustrated for about 20 minutes running into the first two lasers and then crawling into the first two lasers and i was like you don't want me to run you don't want me to crawl i can't do anything else <laughs> snake is incapable of jumping due to serious damage in his knees <laughs> so <laughs> i get very and then i actually called you and i was like i'm gonna fucking turn this game off I remember. And you said, uh, <laughs> crawl, then stand. And I was like, that's stupid. And it worked. <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a frustrating spot, though. Like, especially where this is early PS1 and getting it just right with the depth, depth perception of where those lasers are, it, it was pretty tough. But yeah. 
Yeah, what well, was rewarding to get through it though? How about uh, you, PC? What did you? How was your experience with the red lasers? I really didn't have much of a problem with it, actually. That's good. <laughs> I, I probably got through it in second, third time try. Uh, the first time, I just ran right into them, even though they were there. <laughs> and then maybe a couple tries later, I got through them. Take a little bit of getting used to, but I actually got pretty good at it. Oh, that's pretty impressive. You know what? I bet you the enhanced graphics would have helped with that. <laughs> Possibly. That would have been a good, uh, good help. How about even the tip? Sir. No, go ahead, man. Because you get a tip when you fail a lot of times at it. So, uh, oh, real much. One of the, yeah, <laughs> one of the girls is like, you can wear your VR goggles, too, to see the lasers. Why didn't you just tell me to look at per- first-person view, too? Why couldn't she say that? <laughs> Why would, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I need to be handheld. Don't they know the games nowadays are just quick-time events? That's right. Different <laughs> times, different times. How about you, Chris? Any Any experience with those lasers? Uh, playing it again the first time through, I, yeah, I had the gas put on me or whatever it was that kills yeah. you there. Um, I used the thermal goggles. I think you have them at that point instead of the yeah. cigarettes uh, this yeah, time. That's what I, I used. Yeah. Originally I used the cigarettes cause just cause I thought that was really cool until I yeah. saw like my health depleting <laughs> rapidly. <laughs> I was like, Hey, what the, that's, that's bunk. But, um, <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't have much trouble. I mean, I, I knew that there's kind of like those lines on the ground like as kind of your safety marker, so you you just stand between them. Hmm. Eh, I don't know. I got through it pretty easily. Right on. Wow, I didn't even know you could use the cigarettes for that. I never figured out what those were for. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> I tried using them at various points in the game, but <laughs> didn't really do anything. <laughs> could have used the pack be. during some of those cutscenes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had one after the Gray Fox fight. <laughs> and if you smoke about four packs in a row, you get to speak like Snake, which is great. <laughs> All kids should aspire to, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, how did you guys feel about the stealth mechanics in the game? Did did you guys just sort of go ahead and shoot everybody? Did you get caught very often, or did you try to aim to you know be as stealthy as possible and not get caught? Uh, how about uh, how about you, Chris? Well, this time through, I was just trying to you know play it. I. I wasn't killing him unless I had to. Um, I've done the run where you only kill the bosses back in the day. Oh, yeah. So, um, I don't know. I, You know, initially, if you haven't played it before, you're thinking, you know, Contra or whatever, you know, uh, Call of Duty, whatever the you know new kids are playing now. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So, you, you know, it's built into your into into you as a gamer. Like, you see an enemy, you kill him. Um you know, I like sneaking up behind them and choking them out. You know, that was always kind of fun, too. But, um, you know, I, I, I dig the stealth. I mean, it's, it's definitely a different way to play a video game, you know, as opposed to just shooting, you know, see something, you kill it. I mean, it's definitely a little more thinking. Yeah. And you know what? It, it was a nice mechanic that they introduced here because you didn't see it too often. I mean, unless you played the ones on the original NES, being able to have the choice of whether you want to just blast your way through or stealth around. I think that was a pretty cool idea that, I mean, we see in games all the times now, but back then, you know, it's pretty revolutionary. But, yeah, and uh, I hadn't played the first one back then, so, you know, after that, then I picked up Metal Gear to swap me, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. I know a lot of people don't really like the original one because of that. I mean, they're not used to the stealth mechanics, right. I suppose, but I, I think it's good. 
No, that's right. It's exactly it. Back then, people weren't playing. People were playing Contra and, and things of that right. nature, right? Yeah, so, Castlevania, Contra, everything you right. see, you kill. You know, <laughs> that's exactly it. So yeah, good old Hideo, I guess. How about uh, how about you, John? How did uh, how did you play through it? Well, I, I used stealth pretty much through the entire game because yeah. I actually didn't even know you could kill anyone. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I, I didn't figure that out till later. They take so many bullets. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But, and then when you kill someone or, well, shoot at someone, they just keep coming and coming. <laughs> I, I was amazed how many enemies were in this game. <laughs> yeah, especially that one where uh, you're, like, going down the stairs or up the stairs. I can't remember. And the guys just keep coming, like there's wave after wave. Yeah. Like, ah, that was that crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kept thinking, how many stairs are there? <laughs> just keep going up and up. Yeah, it took me quite a few tries scary. to beat that part. Yeah, that part was tough. There's no way you're going to stealth through that, I guess. You, no, you got <laughs> to use the stun grenades. Yeah, stun. And... Yeah, you got to just keep using all those stun grenades until you run out. That's it. That's what I ended up doing. Um, how about you, Mark? Did you uh, go guns blazing, or did you stealth your way through? I think I did like a bit of both. I think you know because I love I love the old action side of life and the action kind of games. But at the same time, and from now on, because of Metal Gear Solid One, I have tried to stealth it every time. You know, right because especially back then, like you sound like Hideo Kojima was the first guy. Like I remember I was watching a documentary about him uh, back along. And when he first pitched the idea of again, you just stealth for everyone. Was like, nah, not a chance. Like, it's not going to fly. We're not going to do it. And he's like, no, go on, just give me, give me a chance. And they, you know, he did it, and that was the start of the, you know, was it 1987, wasn't it? It was the first one. Yeah. And then that was the start of the whole stealth, stealthing thing. Kids went crazy for it. And um, going back to um, BC, what you said about Snake's Revenge, the actual company that did like the uh, with Hideo. The stealth stuff went great, but they were like, you know, we want something a bit more action. So they made Snake's Revenge, kind of like Hideo wasn't really on board with it fully. And that's more of an action, like, oh. shooter game rather than a 100% stealth game. And also I didn't Hideo know that. took the reins back again and was like, you know, no, I want to keep it stealth-like. So, huh. According to Wikipedia, Hideo didn't have anything to do with Snake's Revenge. He'd actually, yeah, that's he didn't, it. Yeah, he didn't know why, about yeah. it. He, he made his own sequel for the NSX2. That's funny, and that's that's why it's so action oriented. I guess very interesting, huh? That's it. I mean, like, uh, then like stealth wise, I guess like in Metal Gear Solid One, it's quite funny going back now because like in the other games, you have to actually sneak up because you got that the uh, you know on the controller you can just slightly push it forward, so you slightly, very slowly. On Metal Gear Solid One, you can run it in full power, and he won't hear you, and <laughs> you can just fucking punch him in the back of the head. <laughs> it's fine. So it's not really actually as stealthy as it could be, you know. It's, as far as like uh, technology is advanced, but then again, back then is all we knew. So how do we know any better? But yeah, yeah, very cool. Fair very hard. How about you, P1? Did you go guns blazing or stealth your way through? Uh, no, I, I actually like the stealth. Um, I like to try and be sneaky. I really enjoyed like the Thief game when it first came out, the original Thief. Uh, so I like that stealth aspect. I like. To me, it's it's more you're more dangerous if you can take people out without them ever knowing you're there. You know. Being able to walk into a room and spray bullets across a wall isn't as cool as being able to walk right up behind somebody and light their cigarette for them. <laughs> so I definitely went for the stealth aspect, um, even though it, 
the immersion was sort of broken for me, like I mentioned, with the fact that you can run. And as long as you don't run through a puddle, they can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's <laughs> a box. <laughs> yeah, or the, uh, the boxes can't be, so. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, though. Did anybody use that cardboard box throughout? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Go ahead, Mark. Or Chris. You go ahead. No, Chris. it's you kind of have to, I mean, at some points. And plus, uh, the whole... Um, Shortcuts, if you know, you use the the right box and back of the trucks, they, you know, you can save some time. It'll uh, transport you to another Ooh, area of the game. I didn't know about that. I didn't know about that either. Yeah, if like you use A, it's for a hella, you know, it takes you to the helipad area. If you use the B, it takes you to the nuclear building. You get a C box at some point. That is um, so cool. I didn't know that. And then you can get pissed on by a dog if... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, used in the cave. Yeah, yeah, it'll come up and pee on your box. Uh, that's funny. It keeps the other wolves away later on in the game. Oh no way! Cool. Because you smell like a wolf, so they won't, they don't want to kill you. Makes sense. So, did you use the uh, cardboard box, Mark, at all? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it took a while to find out, like, um, to go in the back of the lorries. I mean, I don't think I found that out after like a couple of times of playing for the whole game. I think I found mm. out by like an accident. Uh-huh. Um, kind of hiding in the back of the truck and then going into a cardboard box and then saying, "Do you want to, you know, go around the level?" So that to me was like, "Well, that's pretty damn amazing." That is so, so cool. yeah. How about you, PC? I know that uh, you uh, were giving it a go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I used it quite a few times. It didn't always work, but especially <laughs> when uh, an enemy is coming towards you, that doesn't work. <laughs> and, it, and I'm just hoping that they'll go away. <laughs> I love that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why the, at you. You just put the box on. <laughs> I don't know why the military hasn't picked up on this yet. What do you need stealth suits for? We got cardboard boxes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Half the cost too. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, start using boxes in my real life situations. <laughs> just when I go to work, um, yeah. boss coming, just gonna drop yeah. down on a box. <laughs> you know, tired at work, take a I wonder, take a nap under your desk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? If if you have a really cool boss who gets the reference, he would just be like, what's this? Oh, just a box. <laughs> and then leave you there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> That's funny. All right, well, I guess that covers pretty much all the gameplay mechanics. How about um, the soundtrack? Anybody have any memorable tunes? I mean, the overall tune of, uh, like, when you first get caught and, uh, and that action music plays. That's probably the most... You know, iconic song for me in terms of this game. How about you guys? What do you think of the soundtrack? How about uh, how about you, John? Uh, I, you know, I actually don't think too much of the soundtrack stood out for me, except for on the cutscenes. Uh, some pretty nice music, especially on the uh, the end credits. But, <laughs> oh yeah. <great. laughs> yeah. But in in the game, I don't think too much was memorable for me, at least. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it sort of, sort of sounds the same by the end of it. I do like that that initial burst of that tweet, you know, that I can't make the sound, obviously, but uh, the exclamation of, oh, wow, what's that? And then the music that immediately follows, that is exciting. And that really, it actually does help to amp you up to be like, oh, no, they saw me, I got to get away. Yeah. Um, other than that, there's not really, I'd have to agree with PC, there's not really much that stands out for me. Yeah, yeah I refer probably... to that music as the oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, he's seen me. Time yeah. to run. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, it's almost like those like the old black and white movies, like the music will play and then you see one guy running into a room and then the, the bad guys chase him into the room and then he comes out of a door in a hallway and <laughs> that's the image I get when I hear that music. It's... <laughs> I don't know if it's really considered music, but the uh, game over screen got quite annoying after a while. <laughs> oh, snake! 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 snake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I heard that way uh, more often than I would have liked. Yeah. In fact, what did you guys think of the voice acting overall? I mean, I think the actors did a fine job. The dialogue, maybe. But what did you guys think of the voice acting? Um, how about you, Mark? Well. How can you say the voice acting is absolutely spot on? Yeah. The game, I personally think the game would not have been what it was without all of the voice actors doing those characters, and especially David Hater. I mean, there's yeah, that man as, as Snake is. You can't, I can't imagine another voice like being Solid Snake. That guy. I mean, the big boss stuff's another story. But like as Snake, like David Hayter was, it was the perfect choice. It's the perfect voice, and it's iconic. It's like it, it's a cult following, but just for that voice, you know. Yeah. And that's that's saying, man. There's no other game where I think you have such a standout voice, and everyone knows. Okay, yeah, Solid Snake, David Hayter, like, without without a shadow of a doubt. And that guy, people would love to get pictures and autographs and stuff of David Hayter because he was Solid Snake. Yeah, Very that's iconic. a really good point. I think Mark really hit the nail on the head. The, the voice acting is is probably a big reason this game was as, as well-received as it was, because unlike some other PlayStation 1 titles, this one did actually sound like it was... They put honest effort into getting good voice actors. Yeah, and, it, and that's really it with felt... games, isn't it? You want to be successful in a game. I mean, now everything down to a T. If the people sound like crap... And it's not going to get taken seriously. It's not going to, you're not going to be interested. You don't want to want to listen to them or follow the story because you're like, you just sound like fucking crap. You don't go with the the way you're moving, the way you're acting. It's just not going to doesn't fit. So, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's what his name is in the game too. Was his name's Dave in the game, isn't it? Uh, Snake's yeah. real name. Yeah. Did at they, the end, uh, they say what's your real name? Yeah. Did they do that because of the voice actor? Probably. I never really thought too much about it, but yeah, he—it's such an iconic voice. It's—it's it's hard to imagine it how it would have gone if it was anybody else that they had. I mean, look at the uproar they did when, obviously, the new Grand Series and Phantom Pain. I mean, obviously, it's Big Boss, it's not Snake, but like uh, when right. they said that Hater wasn't doing the voice and it was going to be Kiefer Sutherland, people kicked up shit. Yeah, he's got such a following as like he is Snake without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, that's a good point. It's amazing what one good voice actor can do. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> man. I'm like, without a solid snake, you know, if he, if David Hayter wasn't a solid snake, I don't think many people would know about him except that he was in Guyver. That's about it. Yeah, that would have been it. <laughs> how about uh, how about you, Chris? What do you think of the voice actors in the game? Well, I mean, I agree with Mark 100. percent But with the, well, I think really, I mean, they did a great job of matching every voice with the character. Like, yeah. I, I just really feel like when you're hearing them talk and you look at the picture, it really does fit the character. They definitely got that down really good. Um, and, I, you know, talking about early PS1 games, I mean, I think of, like, you know, the original uh, Resident Evil with the live acting and some right. of the cheesy. I mean, I kind of like it now for the cheesiness, but, you know, I mean, this one, they really took it serious, you know, 
you, they, you know, good dialogue. I mean, the writing was really good on it. It's, you know, so, uh, yeah, I, I really dig it. Yeah, completely agree. They definitely put some time and money into it. Uh, how about you, John? Any thoughts on that? I thought the voice acting was good. Uh, I didn't think so too much at the beginning. For some reason, it seemed really cheesy at the beginning. And I don't know, maybe it kind of grew on me later on. But I, I thought it was pretty good. And uh, they definitely came a long way since the Sega CD FMB days. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Big time. Here. Tomcat Alley is one of my favorite games <laughs> of all time. <laughs> Sewer Shark? Was that the other Sewer one? Sewer Shark. Sewer Shark. <laughs> yeah. Classics. Classics. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much the uh, the sound department. I mean, overall, the music, tra- the soundtrack was, it, it served its purpose, but it wasn't anything fantastic. But the voice acting is really where they, you know, were top-notch, I think. Um, so let's get into the graphics. I know that uh, there's a few different iterations of the game. Uh, you could actually play it on PC, uh, PlayStation, um, Dreamcast, as John has stated, and uh, and then there was the remake, uh, Twin Snakes, on GameCube. So uh, overall, I mean, it's, it seemed to have typical PS1 graphics, but what did you guys think about it? Uh, um, let's start with you, P1. Do you purposely not call people by the names they ask us to call them by? or well, no, I was wondering, my, my name kind of changed halfway. Yeah. Did it? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Who's calling him John now? Sorry, PC. <laughs> Even if he doesn't care, the listeners are going to be like, oh, there's a fourth guest. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gee. Sorry, PC. I hate you. You are so unprofessional. (laughs) I'm done. I'm not talking the rest of the episode now. You are bad at this. It's all you now. You're up. You're up. Have fun. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the graphics. The more I play of PlayStation 1 games... Uh, and through the club mostly, the more I'm convinced that the gaming industry made the jump to 3D graphics and to polygons a generation too soon. It just, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't carry over as well as the sprite-based graphics did for me. And there are times when you're standing against a wall and I can't tell what part is wall and what part is snake. Um... So, I mean, the cutscenes do look good for the time, obviously. But I just, I don't know. I'm really, I'm not feeling the Polygon love over the last couple of games we played that, that had them. Are you really not going to talk? <laughs> <laughs> Still can't get over the calling of John. <laughs> He's like, no. uh, Screw you, no, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is early PS1 graphics, and unless you have a nostalgic soft spot for it, it is really gritty. And the game overall is pretty damn dark. Um, so, I mean, you really have to, you know, have played it back in the day to appreciate it this time, I think. But uh, what do you think, Mark? Do you think it aged well enough on the PS1? Um, I think I, I was trying to think to myself, what could I say about this? And then you made... You said it pretty much then in your uh, comment when you said, if you don't have a nostalgic connection with this game, mm. then you're not going to love it. Because if you're going to come into this game now, we've never heard of it, I think, never heard of the story, never heard of the game or anything, maybe play it and think, yeah, this is a bit, a bit crap, it's a bit grainy, it's very polygon, you know. Although running is weird, even though they probably think it's amazing, like for Meryl, for existence, it's 
instance, <laughs> for example. And um, yeah, if you don't have like a nostalgic love for this game, you're going to think it's terrible, I think. But like when I look back at it, I think, yeah, you know, it was amazing back then for me. And because I do have such a, an in-depth love for it now, I still think it's great. And I'm happy when I'm playing it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, it's Although there was parts in the game where it was actually too dark that even though I love the old PS1 graphics just because I grew up on it, but like when you're crawling through the vents or the cave area, it's just <laughs> so dark. But, I mean, that's just how it goes. But the Havo UPC, you played it on the Dreamcast. So did you find that, uh, I guess you didn't really have a chance to compare, but you compared it to the PS3 version. Even in comparison to that, do you think that it held up over time? I have to agree with most of what you guys said. I mean, it it is early 3D, and this is pretty typical of that. It's very jaggedy uh, and dark, obviously. So it it doesn't have too many redeeming qualities in the graphics department. I'm sure back in the day it was quite impressive. I never played it back then, but, I mean, the PlayStation was impressive when it came out. So, But, yeah, I mean, 2D is aged a lot better than 3D. Um, True. A lot of older games, some some older games, a lot of people uh, will point towards really colorful graphics as being uh, making it look really good. But obviously this doesn't have that. So, uh, yeah, it it definitely shows its age in the graphics department. But uh, yeah. it, it, it made it look better on the Dreamcast. It was a lot smoother. The edges weren't as jagged, but it still looked old. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it definitely it definitely did. I mean, especially where um, the remake on the Dream or the GameCube, uh, Twin Snakes, it just looks so much better. And and it's so funny because when I was younger, I accidentally bought Twin Snakes, not realizing that it was a remake. And I was I didn't even I was disappointed because I had you know not a care in the world about how it looked on the PS One. I thought it looked fantastic, but looking back now, it's hard to imagine playing it. Other than Twin Snakes, I, like I even for this playthrough, I wish I had played it on the GameCube because it was pretty bad. But um, but how about you, Chris? What did you think of the graphics? I I don't know. I didn't find it as bad as I think you guys are. Um, you know, I play a lot of retro games, and and um, well, that's primarily what I play normally. So it, you know, I was kind of used to it. Um, you know, I I don't know. I would take it over. Uh, you know the a random Nintendo 64 game with all the fog and <laughs> you know what I mean like I don't know I, yeah. to me I felt like it aged better than other things that I've been playing lately so it wasn't so bad I mean yeah I know some of the areas are dark but I mean it, you know slap on those thermal goggles and yeah you know, <laughs> or, or or the night vision goggles I mean but um I don't know I mean it, you know sure if they did a remake on the PS well they did a remake on the PS3 I haven't played it but I'm sure that looks a lot better. Um, has any of you guys played the remake? They re- no, not for the PS3, they didn't. Yeah, no, they, they did a... It was a Metal Gear Solid uh, Collections. Yeah, it was two, three, and piece Oh, yeah, okay. it wasn't All one. Right, well, right. I didn't but. get it, so obviously I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I just assumed it was... You know, I see Metal Gear on the title. Yeah, that's um, a fair well, assumption. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I thought... Anyways, it was <laughs> I don't think okay. the one they did put Metal Gear 1 on there is because it was a HD collection, wasn't it? And you can't really make Metal Gear Solid 1 HD. Right. No, it's still look that good. So. That's probably why they left it off. Do you think they could have put enough money into it to buy the rights from, I'm assuming Nintendo has it, from Twin Snakes? 
because Twin Snakes would have made a fantastic part of the HD collection. I mean, it was made with the same yeah. engine as MGS2, but I wonder why they couldn't get the rights to it. Well, Nintendo's very giving in that department, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they they just toss their stuff around. That's they just right. let anybody use anything. You can do Wii plays or Let's Plays. They don't care. They never mess with anybody. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard tell of Nintendo going after anyone. But uh, but anyway, yeah, I guess so overall, I mean, you're right. It has aged a lot better than some of the other games from that generation. Uh, it just, you know, it follows the same pattern that a lot of those early Polygon games had. And, you know, it's just one of those things. If you have an affinity for it, then you love it. If not, you know, it can be a little rough. Yeah, I mean, I mean even though the graphics aren't that good, uh, it definitely didn't hinder my enjoyment of the game obviously we wouldn't even be playing this game if we really cared that much about graphics True. it's the gameplay that matters so yeah you nailed it on the head right there for say sure. try playing a 2600 game or a stack of them for an hour and then slap this game on <laughs> and it'll look great yeah that's a, that's a huge leap forward i guess all right well how about any uh, lasting impressions any things that stood out for you guys uh you know after playing this, does it make you want to go and play the rest of them all again? Um, how about you, John? Or sorry, how about you, PC? <laughs> Whatever my name is. Shirley. Anything that stood out for you in this game that, that, that maybe, uh, you know, that's, uh, that would make you want to play the rest of the series? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I loved the boss battles. That's the main thing I loved about this game, and it had a lot of them. <laughs> it yeah. Was, it was pretty much a boss battle run. There wasn't, I'd say the boss battles took up most of the time in the game. Uh, in between, there wasn't a whole lot. But, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed those because they they made you think a lot. They were very different. They're not just, a lot of games today, you go into a boss battle, you just shoot. <laughs> right. But this had you thinking a lot, and especially with the um, uh, Psycho Mantis boss battle, really made you think outside the box, made you uh, think of different ways to beat a boss. And I really enjoyed it. I, I definitely would uh, go and play the other games in the series. Right on. Yeah, that's probably the biggest point for me as well. I mean, it's a game that makes you use your head. And, and that alone, especially in games that are made nowadays, it, it makes me want to go back and, and play through the entire series as well. Uh, how about you, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've... I think I've ever really stopped playing Metal Gear, whether it be one, uh, Snake Eater, Sons of Liberty, now Ground Zeroes, number four. I mean, I'll, it's a forever love, and it all kicks off from that one, because I, I didn't play the um, the old, the old NES games and that until the HD collection came out, and those were on, they were on there, like, in the options titles. You could go yeah. back and play them. And that's cool. really hard, actually. But, like, um... Yeah, I mean, this game, for me, like, if it, people play the first one, they think that's it. Man, they got a lot, yeah, got a lot of things coming to, towards you, which will spur you on to play more. I think the more you play, and the more the story gets in depth, you know you want to go back to the first one again in, like, two years' time or whatever and play that from the start just to get refreshed, you know? So the gameplay value of Metal Gear Solid 1, I think, is, is timeless. It's going to last forever. So I'll always go back. Right on. Yeah, you are like the uh, resident Metal Gear guy because you know things about this game that I know nothing about. <laughs> so it's cool. it's cool to see that it held up uh, to someone who plays the series so much. Um, 
How about you, Chris? Yeah, I think after, uh, you know, I think I can see myself uh, finishing up going or at least going back through the other games. Um, I, I like the, the backtracking aspect to this game. I think that was something else that was, I don't know if you would, it would qualify as Metroidvania or whatever, but you know, it did have some of that, you know, you go back to those rooms that were mm. previously locked, you know, you kind of have to remember things. So I really did like the gameplay and that kind of style. And, um, yeah, you know, I mean, like I said, I've been a fan of the game since it came out. So, I mean, my my opinion hasn't really changed in that regards. That's a good point, though. It does kind of have that, you know, go back. You got a new key card. Let's go see what doors I can open now. And, uh, yeah, never really thought about it. But that's true. Um, how about you, P1? Uh, I remember loving this game so much. And knowing now where games are at control-wise... I I actually imagine I will check out the rest of the series uh, because I know there's I see I see so much unlocked potential in this game. The game itself is good um, as long as you are a, sli- a better than slightly mediocre gamer, um, you won't have as much hate for the controls as I do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it makes me and talking to Mark makes me want to go and check out two and three. Especially for, because I I would like to see the the story. You know, I want to see that first night, you know, out on the battlefield and the the cold mist and the pale moonlight with Gray Fox and Solid Snake, where they share that special moment <laughs> that leads them up to the fight that they have in this one. You know, I I don't know. I do I do. I'm gonna actually probably go buy the HD collection in the next day or so. Yay! Um. So yeah, <laughs> the game it made me a believer, and uh, I'm, I do want to see how it evolves and where it goes from here because it is there is so much potential in this game and when it came out i think i think uh konami was probably like this is going to be a franchise for us that lasts a very long time and they they would have been right if they thought that mm-hmm. yeah i remember the hype and it was definitely an exciting time when it first came out they knew what they had i think all right, so I guess it's safe to say that everybody here would would probably recommend it to anybody who hasn't played played it before. Is there anybody here who wouldn't? Nah, I didn't think no. so. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I didn't think so. All right, so I guess we should head on over to our forums and stuff, and you know, read some of the comments because there's been a lot of people that played it this month, and uh, we had a, f- a few new uh, newcomers and and. Posted on here slightly livid actually is doing a playthrough of it of Twin Snakes. So if anybody here is interested in, to, in seeing what it looks like, you know, in a more enhanced version, you can check out his playthroughs. He's got some videos posted up there. We'll throw a link to that uh, in the trailer on YouTube. For sure, for sure. Uh, Surfcaster played through it, and it uh, looks like he got the code name Leopard for his rank. Yeah. yeah. What did you guys all get, by the way? Did anybody uh, remember what they got? I had I'm hyena. <laughs> pretty sure I got what, elephant, I think. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, I think I got jackass. <laughs> so, Chris, did you say you got jackass? Yeah, I think I got jackass. <laughs> really? Is that a real uh, code? Or, uh, code? <laughs> who, who or was my... You tell us. <laughs> I, I, think, no, I think they just, uh... yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what I got. <laughs> right on. How about you, Mark? I cannot remember. Cannot remember. 
Yeah, I don't know what I got. I just kind of end the game now, and it's like, yeah, it's over, turn off. Yeah. I don't have to sit through all the credits anymore. 40 <laughs> minutes, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's quite a long I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also on the forums, it looks like Dean got through his, so... That was pretty impressive. This was just recently he posted up, so he got through it. He got Komodo Dragon. That's kind of an interesting rank. Uh, on Twitter, let's see, the Donovan Viper. Um, he's playing along, and he's getting close to the end. He says he has two more days to go. Oh, uh, right on. He's actually, he had some trouble at the start, but he figured it out uh, afterwards. Uh, Barrett on Mars played. And his uh, his code name was Iguana. Nice. And he played it on PC, which is... I didn't even know it came out on PC. Yeah. So did he just, like, sit on top of you, PC? Or did he set his PlayStation on your head? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about John, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Stumptown Retro played along with us. He played it on the Vita, which I got to find out how he did that, because I went to, to find it on the PlayStation Network. Because it would have made it much easier for me than having to play it on my PS2. Um, but it's not but I couldn't find it there, so I'm going to have to find out how he got that. Yeah, it is on PSN. I mean, at least it had it listed that it was, but I've never yeah. actually gone looking for it myself. When you go on the actual Vita and look at the PSN, it's not there. But I bet maybe if you go through the PS3, and then you can transfer it over. Uh, maybe, yeah. Uh, let's see. There was a lot of... The forums are very active this month, which is good. I love seeing that. People are... Talking about a game because they either really love it or they really hate it. And uh, there was a lot of good feedback. There was. Rambox, he also got through it. And uh Super Robot too. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good it was a good month. It was a it was a good game choice. And actually the game this month uh we chose this be uh because of Mark the Wolf uh six six six. We uh we were had a collaboration with them on one of their on one of their videos on uh, TFU and uh he mentioned how much he loved the Metal Gear series and we really wanted to have an episode of the podcast with him on it, and so that's that's why we went with it, and it, it's a great choice. It, uh, so it turns out you have good taste. Yeah, I've been crapping my pants ever since coming on this. <laughs> <laughs> I've been going, to, I've been going to retro. Like, dude, I don't think I'm ready for this, man. <laughs> why did I do that? Yeah, uh, <laughs> Jay, they're going to expect me to know stuff, right? Yeah, that was. We, I'm glad you suggested it, and I'm glad that. I'm glad I had a chance to go back and play a game that I remember so fondly and realize that not all of the games that we remember as being masterpieces stay that way for us. Anyway, for me, it wasn't. Uh, but every, that's the great thing is that everybody has a different experience. So that's right. and you guys that even enjoyed it today, even though you're wrong, it's still an experience. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I guess that pretty much sums it up. Why don't you take us out there, P1? Um, well, before we say goodbye, uh, I do want to thank everybody for listening, but we want to, we want to thank our three guests, especially for being here and, uh, we'll give you guys a chance to, um, plug your channels again and let everybody know where they can track you down to, if they want to e-stock you like my brother and I do. <laughs> so P- PC, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? YouTube.com slash Dreamcastic channel, your source for the Dreamcast. <laughs> yeah he's got a great yeah. channel and you got a brand new editing software and i gotta tell you it's awesome yeah and whoever yeah. uh you said somebody did those sidebars for you they're uh they definitely make the videos like they're pretty cool oh yeah they're pretty awesome there's a uh, buddy of mine the, the gaga man <laughs> he's a nice. uh, artist from over in the uk does some really cool stuff cool yeah he did good work that's for sure 
Uh, also, we want to thank Chris from the NARC podcast for joining us. And Chris, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you? Well, you can find the NARC podcast. We have a Twitter feed at NARC podcast. We have, uh, you can find it on iTunes and, uh, I believe it's Potomatic or, I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know where to find it. I've never, I don't have to look for it. It, <laughs> it comes right to my phone. But, uh, also I got a Twitter feed at CWR2 or Instagram at CWR2. Um, pretty much, uh, you know, and plus, uh, at Mr. Mailbag. And, or at Mailbag and at uh, John Payne. That's the other two guys. So uh, check us out. I, I definitely recommend uh, adding those three guys on your Twitter because if you ever have a question about a retro game or about game collecting and you ask and you just tag them in the tweet, you will get a response from one of the – because they're spread out through time zones so that one of them is always awake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's and, how uh, we planned it. Yeah, <laughs> and they respond very quickly, and the the information they give is always always very accurate. So, and they're great guys to to talk to, and you really will enjoy if you listen to the Cartridge Club, and you can handle my brother and I, then you will really <laughs> like the, the Narc Podcast because they are much better than this. Much. <laughs> oh, you. You're too kind, and I appreciate you saying that. And uh, we are looking to expand our time zones. We're trying to find someone who lives in Japan and um, Australia, <laughs> maybe Antarctica. <laughs> So we, we can just pretty much cover all of them. We're working on it. Yeah. What are the, what's the going rate for an Earthbound in Antarctica right now? <laughs> uh, four seals. <laughs> That's not bad at all. Okay, uh, and last, but again, not least, uh, Mark the Wolf Six Six Six. Why don't you tell us about uh, TFU Channel and where our, our guests can find you? Yeah. Um... Cool, it's a retro gaming channel, and you can find us on YouTube. Just type in TFU in capital letters, then show, or in one word. Uh, we're on Twitter on a TFU official. Yeah, come check us out. You like uh, retro game news and reviews, and just guys acting like dicks and having fun? Come check us out. <laughs> yeah, these guys can actually make any game seem really interesting and fun. Like that warehouse simulator game you guys just put up. <laughs> I don't know how you did it, but it looked entertaining. <laughs> I know, right? right you wait to a goat simulator. Can't, can't <laughs> <I'm saying. laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely one of the highest energy shows on YouTube. And uh, you you and Jay both do a fantastic job. And we look forward to every episode. Oh, you're too kind, guys. Absolutely too kind. It's always a pleasure for us to speak to you, man. And, you know... We're really happy and humbled that you were part of the TFU family and, you know, and part of a friend's friendship circle as well. Thank you very much. Likewise. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, I, dude! <laughs> <laughs> you remember that time when you punched me? <laughs> remember that time that you loved it? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we also want to announce the game for next month and in April... Um, it's we're also going to be celebrating the wedding of one of the bros, so we'll be adding Woo! a we'll be adding a new cartridge hoe to the family. Oh. And she doesn't listen to these, right? Nope, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the game we wanted to pick a game that's special for him, and because I I'm the best man, so it's my job to plan a bachelor party, and he, neither one of us really drinks a whole lot. Um, after the experience with the older gentleman with the eight quarters, P2 doesn't go to strip clubs anymore. So <laughs> we, uh, we wanted to come up with something that was more directed for him because really it's, a, it's supposed to be about him. 
So what we're going to do, the game for April is going to be Super Metroid for the Super Nintendo. Uh, it turned 20 years old this uh, this month, I think it was. Pretty sure it's 20. Um, and so in honor of the game and his bachelor party on April 12th, so approximately 12 days after this podcast goes live, <laughs> uh, we are going to stream uh, Super Metroid. The two of us are going to play it together. Uh, and we're going to go for 100% completion, something neither one of us has ever done. So uh, we're going to invite everybody to come watch. Uh, anybody who has our Skype information, uh, I'm sure we'll be happy to have people on to actually chat with us on the Skype as well as people watching on Twitch can can chat in the in the Twitch as well. So April's game is going to be it's Super Metroid. Um, we've got three guests already up lined up for it that uh, we're very excited to have on. And hopefully everybody... Uh, enjoys playing along and I would love to see uh, as many of you as can make it uh, to the bachelor party um, <laughs> <as> possible. <laughs> That's gold. Yeah. So yeah. If anybody's interested in getting in on the fun and you don't already know where to go, just head on over to uh, cartridgebros.ca and uh, we have some lined up there that everybody can get in and uh, participate with the community. Yeah. And uh, so that's everything. That's episode seven folks. Uh, Metal Gear Solid. All wrapped up. As everybody knows, we uh, never script an ending, and we leave it up to our always wonderfully creative guests. So, uh, gentlemen, why don't you take us out? <laughs> Game over, yeah. Colonel, was a hind D doing in Alaska? <laughs> yeah, a few out. Thanks for having me.